Welcome to Authorized, Tertiary Tomes, a sub-podcast within Authorized, where we discuss books that are not novelizations, but similarly owe their existence to a film. Or, in this case, a TV series. Although, in 15 years, was there a film? There had to be a film of some sort, right? What? Okay. You and me both, brother. It just feels like at some point you do a TV movie or... <clears throat> All right, so anyway, uh, they similarly owe their existence to a TV series. This one is uh, kind of a stretch for our premise, but we wanted to discuss it, so it is happening. It is an interactive, multipath book based on Supernatural, so what's not to like? Multipath books are experimental iterations on the choose-your-own-adventure model. Providing the illusion of choice instead of real, actual choice. These books are 95% novel and 5% decision-making. The result is a lusher world than multipath stories can typically have, with more narrative movements and character development. These books are so rigidly formatted as to intentionally mimic the feeling of episodic television, presenting self-contained stories and small variations that stack up into serialized payoffs. In achieving a story so wide-ranging, multipath books remove the agency of the reader and the weight of evaluating consequences, which would typically be their strength. But as these books climax in their loopy, metatextual treatise on the nature of choice, one must admit that, good or bad, these books are meeting the very unique bar they have set for themselves, whether it's the bar the reader wanted to clear or not. We are your hosts, a loose coalition of choosy adventurers. My name is Andrew Overby. And I'm Hannah Blackman. Supernatural The Road's Not Taken is a multipath fantasy novel based on the television series Supernatural. It follows brothers Sam and Dean Winchester, hunky monster slayers, as they investigate several supernatural creatures that have been leaving death and devastation in their wake, which is the concept of the whole show. Definitely. The twist on this book, of course, is that you, the reader, have the ability to will these men to make certain choices that can propel them from one victory to the nest, nest, next, <laughs> or leave them defeated and dead with many adventures untouched. There had to be at least one As bird monster in 15 seasons. Led them to I'm the sure nest. I'm sure there is. Probably. I, I don't recall, but I, that seems realistic. Great, great. As you stumble through trial and error towards the most successful narrative, will Sam and Dean be none the wiser, or will these horny brothers flash sideways, lost style, and become aware of the branching timelines that you are having them trace and retrace? Supernatural, The Road's Not Taken, was written by Tim Wagoner and illustrated <sighs> by Zachary Baldus. It was published by Insight Editions in 2013. Our guest today... The host of the podcast, Classroom Crush, as well as one of the hosts of the currently hibernating podcast, Jacking Off with Rebecca and Richie. And you may also know her from the Charlie's Angels Full Throttle episode of Authorized, Rebecca Bolnes. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm splendid on this Sunday afternoon. Just kidding. I do have a headache, but that's kind of my norm lately. <laughs> so you're getting the mm -hmm. first form of me, you know, ready to talk well, about some boys with also having a headache. 
this is uh, months old at this point because we've re- recorded this episode so far in advance. But you're currently living in the orange zone of America. Oh, is yeah. Is that correct? I mean, it's honestly, people were being very drama about it, being like, it's going to be like this forever. And then it was really, <laughs> it was really like orange those like two days. And now it's kind of not orange anymore. But it was orange. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And it did. Like, and this it tasted like and smelled like campfire in my room. No windows mm. open, you believe? And and this is your general stance on global warming stuff, you right? Is you're always the person going, we should chill out about that. You're yeah, come on, come on. I'm like, let's move on. <laughs> no, it was crazy though. It was jumping up and up and up, like the of uh, just like hazardous. Do not go outside. Of course, my boyfriend's like, I want to go outside. I'm like, don't go outside. <laughs> I mean, we went outside for a second. You have to go outside for a second. But then you went back inside. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. And now now it's it is uh the Puerto Rican parade today and that's dating it. Um but we're all out there breathing it in, baby. Breathing <laughs> it out there in straight into the lungs, baby. <laughs> when I was a freshman in college, I uh was dating someone at a different college and I went to visit her and uh there was a, a not a school related, just a city related active shooter announcement, mm. and we were all told to stay inside, which we did. Except at one point, uh, my girlfriend had a pizza suddenly, <laughs> and we were all like, "Molly, where did you get a Domino's pizza?" And she was like, "Well, I, I ordered it, and I mean, they did. They said they'd come, which I was surprised by. And then, I mean, they pulled up to right outside, so it really wasn't that dangerous. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, Rebecca, what is your relationship to the TV series Supernatural? Okay, let me break it down for you, right quick. Um, <laughs> when I was younger, my aunt, my famously aunt, um, famously aunt, my famously young aunt. <laughs> Patty, Patricia, who's a year older than me, she used to watch Supernatural when I was like, yeah, like younger. And I was like, this is stupid. What are you? I think I had walked in on like this one particularly really like low point for the show, which was like a fairy episode. A fairy episode Mm -hmm. is like not what you want to walk in on, you know, if you're trying to be convinced about this show. So I was like, well, I didn't really watch it. And then I moved from Miami to Chicago when I was 18. And then I decided, you know what? Time to dive in. Don't really know. I can't even remember why. (laughs) I honestly can't even remember why. And it might have just been one of those things where I was on Tumblr and I was like, you know what? Let me get into this shit, you know? And I simply, wow, watched so much Supernatural in Chicago. I was living um, in this great apartment that was like high ceilings and we had a projector and I would just project Supernatural. And we also smoked cigarettes in the apartment so bad. What neighborhood are we talking here? We're talking Wicker Park, obviously, Division. Oh, hell yeah. I lived on Ashland Avenue, baby. It was actually probably the best apartment I've ever had. Um, mm-hmm. But it's too bad I couldn't stay in Chicago um, because of just like depression. Like, honestly, <laughs> this was this was my time. The beginning of my time in Chicago was really about me watching Supernatural chain smoke cigarettes ben and jerry's fish food ice cream sometimes i would go back and forth with girl more girls and then i got back into girl, girl more girls was kind of like an i think that was the first iteration of the the de- depression chicago tv marathon mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. supernatural followed and i got very into 
the culture or like I was born. This is so the experience of coming to Supernatural later. Like if you're not watching it from season one, it's because you're depressed and you're binging it yeah. and having a rough time. Yeah, so, I was I really mean, yeah. doing that. And I was finding, mm-hmm. uh, I was just finding that I, <laughs> this is like so insane to talk about. I was simply learning about myself through Supernatural. <laughs> Rebecca, yes. <laughs> the truth of the matter. Oh my God. I wonder if I have it. The, podcasting is not a visual format. But <laughs> I had a friend in high school named Brenda, Brenda Botita. <laughs> um, and like she we had become friends later in, in high school experience. So like more senior year, we we got closer. And then I like left Miami and she was also kind of the person that was like, gotta get in on this. I think it was maybe her fault. It might have been her fault. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, now I'm thinking about it, it was completely Brenda's fault. <laughs> and then but so we were living in the same state but we would just talk about supernatural and talk about the boys and be so mm. simply like lovesick desperate for love and desperate for like boys and just in my fantasy era where and then this is just like when we're having conversations like Rebecca this is Brenda Rebecca you think you want like a Dean but like you really need a Sam you know <laughs> <laughs> and then being, we're being like hmm, hmm, hmm okay interesting interesting nice guy tall nice guy not tall nice guy but then he's rough when he's gotta be <laughs> <laughs> he's actually so caring and then we're just like basically doing that thing where like we would be on Facebook chat <laughs> Um, just like <laughs> writing our own fanfic back and forth to each other basically were the conversations mm-hmm. and and then yes naturally that led me to read some fan fiction i was a big fan of reader insert situation <laughs> so i was like really in it hard mm-hmm. but then the thing i have to say is like i never i did not finish it i fell off at some point mm-hmm. and fell off for like years and then recently was like I'm gonna get back into that shit. I gotta finish it, and then I didn't finish it. But I had <laughs> I'm on like season thirteen, so I don't know. And I almost and I was telling my boyfriend this, and I was like, I didn't. He was like, you better Google, you better find out. They're gonna call you fake fan, and I'm like, I don't. Care. <laughs> I'm not us. We're not gonna do that. I think part of me is like, why finish it when if I don't finish it, it can always be there you know, to be watched. mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think I've talked about this before, but there is that one novel that came out a couple years ago, the the Charlie Kaufman authored novel, Ant Kind, which is like 900 pages long. I've tried to read the whole thing many times. I find that it falls off terribly towards the end and I just can't finish it. I still think it's one of my favorite books. I bring it up all the time. I don't need to finish it for that to be true. Well, and I had done a similar thing also in Chicago where I binged all of Lost in like a crazy manic way. And then around like season six or so or like whatever, I stopped and then I didn't watch it for a year and a half. And then one day randomly, I'm like, time to finish Lost. And then I just... (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't get Mm -hmm. it what people say. I cried at the finale. I don't get it. (laughs) So I feel like, you know, it will be finished at some point. And I almost mm-hmm. Google and I'm, I'm not like, oh, I'll be so heartbroken if I hear a spoiler. Like, I mm-hmm. kind of want to know. But, you know, I'm like leaving it. 
Well, wait till you hear my journey right. with Superman. Yeah, Hannah, I, I have zero relationship yeah. to this show, so go off. Yeah. So basically, very similar to Rebecca, mm. actually, I had a friend in high school who was like, Supernatural is great. You have to watch Supernatural. And I was like, fuck no, looks yeah. dumb. Looks Not dumb. interested. Didn't God. do it. Then at some point, season four started and I saw like a picture of Misha <laughs> Collins. And I was like, I got to see what well, this guy's yeah, deal you is. You get really hooked in by the old Misha Collins, don't yeah. you? Yeah. He, cute. He's got something special. So I, because I'm like a, I can't just start things in the middle. I can't do it. I went to my dear friend, Angela Melito, my only remaining friend from high school now. Like I love, yeah. she's great. She was this friend. And I was like, you have this show on DVD. Please loan me some DVDs so I can get into this show. She gave me the first season. I watched the whole first season in like a <laughs> weekend. The first season ends on an insane okay. cliffhanger. these are 22 episode seasons. This is yeah. back in yes. those days. And they're all like yeah. an hour long. They're like, yes. So good. First season's yeah. amazing. And uh, it ends on this insane cliffhanger to the point where I packed up her DVDs, drove to her house, Anymore. and was like, you have to give me the second season right now. <laughs> she wasn't home. Her brother was like, what are you give doing here? And I was like, DVD. trade me DVDs and let Angela know what happened. I wasn't here. I was here. So I was, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I got to know. So got very into Supernatural that way. Watched it religiously, probably through season eight mm -hmm. or nine. Like, I think after season five, it plummets pretty hard. Season four, for season five is just so peak. It's so peak, so good. Like that's a that's a perfect show. Seasons one through five, amazing work being done. Then it gets really, really rough, and eventually, I fucking gave yeah. up. I was busy. I couldn't be bothered. I didn't have cable, so I was like, "Fuck it, this show's bad." I hope that someday Jensen Ackles escapes and gets to become a movie right. star. I hope that happens, and if it does, I'll be very happy for him. But then it didn't. And then when the show was ending, I decided to just hop back in <laughs> without catching it. <laughs> so I watched I watched the last four episodes oh, of Supernatural no. and was like, so much has changed. I don't know exactly what's happening. I called Angela uh. and was like, please catch me up on what's important. She could not. <laughs> yeah, because no it's muddled. Like, There's yeah. too much. There's way yeah. too much. Lots of lots of stuff. They're constantly introducing new, bigger, Ads. big bads that like are. So I couldn't keep up. There's some emotional highs and lows, and the finale of Supernatural is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Laughably bad. I recently, and this is why I was almost okay with just like spoiling it. And I'm, you know, after this conversation, I really might, because um, mm. I saw the wig. I saw a wig. I was watching a. a <laughs> This, this YouTube guy, Mike's Mike. I really love this guy. He's so funny. You would, you would, you would like. You would enjoy. Him. Um, and he was doing a thing of like the worst wigs of TV, and that one, Sam's was on there, and I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Rebecca, if I may, lightly spoil please, the please. end of Supernatural for you. So the problem with it is that there's 15 years of these guys going through adventures and changing and growing or whatever, and what they decide on for the finale is. What if they ended up in the exact same position they would be if they had never had 15 years that. of adventures? I hate that. Yeah, it's terrible. So like season the pilot episode, Dean is like, I'm going to die on a hunt. It's going to suck. And Sam's like, cool, I'm going to get married and have no. a family. And that's just what happens in the finale. And it's what so matters fucked up. <laughs> it's so unacceptable. Really? Um, after 15 years of growth. <laughs> And that's when you know they had I'm no. Like, you guys are in your forties now. You they, should yeah. live and be happy. It made me so mad. Yeah. Oh, 
So and Edward of Castiel. Yeah. <laughs> now I have to. I'll I'll look into it. This is, oh boy! I mean, we can we can spend an hour on what they're doing with cats. Well, they go back show. and forth, don't they? That's one thing that mm-hmm. I will say. So, Andrew, you have something to say? Speak. Well, I I have a little context I need, and I, I think it'll help us tie in the book as well. Which is, uh, Hannah and I mm-hmm. have had almost no discussion about this before coming on. But one thing that we did text about was Hannah. You were saying that this book, The Road's Not Taken, seems to be trying to course correct these characters back to how they were in the first couple of seasons and what uh, what i wanted to ask is what is the precipitous change that happens somewhere three to five seasons in that changes the tone of the show it feels like we're kind of talking around castiel this angel guy this angel guy yeah yeah what's going on i feel like maybe i have i feel like i told you some of this but in season three at the end of season two, Dean sells his soul so that Sam doesn't die, and he is therefore going to go mm-hmm. to hell. And and just to be season clear, three, the first few sh- yes. this is I've only watched the first episode. So just to be clear, <laughs> the 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 yeah. tone of the first few seasons is episodic monster hunting, similar to this book. That's we find them on the internet, or we hear about them. We go get into a bunch of shit. Yeah. Why does he have to sell his soul? Yeah. Because there's an overarching arc. Or right. Yeah. Basically, like, something happens with Sam where he dies, and Dean is like, that's unacceptable to me. I will do whatever it takes for Sam to not be dead. So he sells his soul to a demon in exchange for Sam's life, therefore damning himself to hell in a year. Right, he gets one season. Season three um, is cut short by the writer's strike, (laughs) and Dean just fucking goes to hell (laughs) at the end of season. He is torn apart by dogs and goes to hell really upsetting but then but then in order to get him out of hell supernatural the tv show after spending three years going angels aren't real those don't exist introduces an angel character who pulls him out of hell and the show instantly iconic he's doing yeah instantly the best character on the show he's got a beautiful face he's doing a weird Mm -hmm. voice that he ends up having to commit to for the rest of the show because guess what he was supposed to only be like a guest star only a Mm. couple episodes yeah they were gonna kill him off what is this character's name everyone was so obsessed he's an angel okay of Destiel, Dean, and Castiel. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the most famous and important slash ship of all history, except for Kirk. Yeah, I mean, so... But it's, like, number two. But that's the thing. It's Cass, as a character and as a performer and a presence, changes everything. But then it's also just like, okay, well, now angels are real, the devil's real, all of these things. And then it becomes about all of these things on this bigger scale of like, oh, there's actually angels, there's Michael, there's David, there's da da da. And a lot of devil stuff and a lot of prophecy type shit. I I literally, yeah, I I only know about certain like biblical terms because of this (laughs) direction that it went. Like it, Mm -hmm. like after sees after Cass is introduced and that starts to change. It's like there's rarely a vampire episode of the week. You know, there's rarely like something Mm -hmm. like that. It's more crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And because Jensen Ackles and Misha Collins had such insane chemistry yeah. together, they basically stopped trying to give Dean female love interests. Whoa! Except they like he occasionally will like flirt with right. a woman, 
but it just never pans out. It never this was a thing anywhere. that I really appreciated about the supernatural fandom, or at least where I found myself within it was like the fans really know their shit about this show. They know the writers' names. They know the producers' names. We know the producers and the writers' names who are pro-Destiel and are always giving us that shit. And then we know the writers and the producers' names who are always trying to make Dean super straight. And you're like, oh, it's this <laughs> episode. Of course, he's being like, look at those knockers. Ooga, you know? <laughs> it would yeah, be so like the horniness that. tones way yeah. down as the show continues. And also these characters go from being like 20 and 25 to being like yeah. 40 where there there's a point in the show where Dean's like I want to have a house I'd like to settle down yeah. like I want to have a right. home and that becomes really important to him there's some crazy stuff that happens in this show though demon Sam that was crazy Get- <laughs> Sola Sam which is mentioned in this book fucking which, crazy oh Sola Sam yeah that was a crazy era yep a he weird arc it, not, not great, great. met his wife though <laughs> so that's great. nice Jared Padalecki mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, God bless them. Rebecca, do you have a copy of the book on hand? I do. Would you do us the honor? We've been doing this with our Choose Your Own Adventure oh, okay. books of, of reading okay. the back of the book for our listeners. Oh, I didn't even read it before. I'll just go read it. <laughs> yeah, okay. just, just cold read it. The whole thing? I'll do it. Y- yeah. <laughs> the line between life and death is razor thin, and no one knows this better than a hunter. All of the research and planning in the world don't amount to much when you find yourself on the trail of some nightmarish creature, all teeth and claws and soul, soul gnawing hunger. <laughs> In the end, it all comes down to one thing, choice. Gun or knife, holy water or salt, silver or iron, strike before dawn or wait until sunrise. Go in alone or wait for backup. Make the right choice and you kill the monster before it kills you. Make the wrong choice and end up a midnight snack. <laughs> Sam and Winchester know more than most how essential it is to make the right call. And so far, they've mostly managed to stay <laughs> on this side of the grave. But in this thrilling interactive adventure, each split second, fate depends. Wait, each split second, fate depends on it. Decision is up to you. Ride along with the Winchester brothers as they travel along dark roads and through sinister towns and come face to face with evil in four original stories where each outcome depends on you and each wrong turn leads to the end of the road. Uh, Andrew, I think you should know that at the end of every season, they do a The Road So I, Far recap. Yes. So that's the language this is playing with here. And it's always yeah, it's it's iconic and well, important. Just so you know, the, the yeah. Kansas song was playing under you speaking. So. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to that. Real, listen, the real fact of the matter is I love that song. And listening to that song instantly makes me emotional because because. <laughs> It works. Their season recaps before the season finale set to that song always really rip. Mm. They really do make you feel like yeah. we've gone so far uh, along this road, you know? <laughs> so, Good so they weren't part of the body of the episode. It was something you would watch. It was the recap before. It was this, for the season finale of that season. It's like the road so far. And then it's like it's guitar riffs. And then it's all crazy stuff. Yeah. Wow. What is the best so you know what you're walking into. At yeah, the it's end. really good. Like, theoretically, I guess you could just watch the season finales of the show. 
and, and wrap it up in <laughs> days, so. edit it to make it like epic i don't know how much it's like actually telling the whole story but probably <laughs> i mean it, it, I'm, I'm literally not joking at all it gives me chills every time i watch one of those recaps <laughs> <laughs> i had a uh, an a electric bass instructor in high school who would often wear a kansas shirt and was from a kansas tour and i i asked him one time oh was that was that a good show you know and and he said no, it was one of the worst shows I've ever been to. <laughs> they played 30 songs no one had ever heard before. And then yeah. they closed with <laughs> Dust in the Wind and Carry On My Wayward Son. And I bought the shirt to remember how bad it was. Oh, my God. Honestly, resp- I <laughs> wow. think respect. I think respect. Respect. What other options do you have, you know, like to get people to stay at this fucking concert? <laughs> yeah, the, that guy was great. He also once said, Super Mario Galaxy, that game gets me on a level no one has. So, just a winner of a dude. <laughs> Hannah. Yeah. With our background of doing a bunch of multipath books, how did you find this one, The Rose Not Taken? Yeah, well, as you said in the intro, it's 95% book, (laughs) 5% choices. So I was a little put out by that initially. But then, just to to jump right in at the very end. They really snapped that. The way this book recontextualizes itself with its final segment, when you've made it through making all the right choices or whatever. And this book really assumes that you're going to go back and try again in a way that not every Choose Your Own Adventure does. Um, hold on. But I then appreciated yeah. that I think this book is Hold smart on. about the- Oh, sure. Yes. Yo, go away. <laughs> I'm podcasting. We should leave this. I'm sorry. People like to just fucking okay. come into my apartment. <laughs> no problem. Are you still here? I think you left. This is my <laughs> life. This is literally my life. Sorry, mm. you were saying some smart stuff. No, the, the way the book recontextualizes. Totally chill. You're saying. Yes, yes. Yeah, it made me decide in hindsight. Actually, the number of choices is good. The way the choices are presented are good. You know, while I was reading, I was like, I'm bummed that you only ever get A or B. You know, I'm bummed that you never get a, if it's Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, choose this. If it's Tuesday, Friday, choose this, mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, but in hindsight, I was like, you know, it's smart, it's thoughtful, it's clearly laying clues, laying groundwork mm-hmm. for when you get to the finale, you're going, oh, damn. And it really feels like an episode of Supernatural Super. or three episodes of Supernatural with a little art. Supernaturally. Thing, which is cool. Yeah. So while I was reading it, I was a little like not into it. And then I got to the end and I was like, okay, actually, yes. you got I, I had a similar arc with it and i think i would have liked the book more if i had read the back at all because hearing rebecca read the back which i also hadn't read it says each wrong turn leads to the end of the road which is the thing i kind of disliked about the book the first time reading it was that there weren't usually in a in a multi-path you choose a wrong road and you can go a few more choices before you're boned it makes it feel like a big world where there's all these branches going off of branches and you might be fucked but not know it you made a choice where only bad endings lie ahead but there's still multiple bad endings to get that sort of thing so the fact that every wrong choice was immediate death and dismemberment was, <laughs> was shocking honestly <laughs> was frustrating yeah, I want to talk about well, some of the let's deaths. Let's jump in on the plot by 
Rebecca, for our listeners who have not read this book, who are working from essentially zero, could you describe both the narrative setup to the first story here and then sort of go into what what choices you made on your first path through? Yes. And I will say I was when I was reading this, I was like, I don't know if I've ever read a multi-path book. Or like a choose your own adventure book. I don't think I have. I've read reader insert fanfic. <laughs> but but I'm not. Well, th- this book. weirdly doesn't insert the reader. It's a multi-path book where you are choosing and then or Sam the and book. Dean just do the thing. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. How does this start again? They're going to a town. It starts like many supernatural episodes um begin. Sam has done some research of something of some sort of some some strange occurrences. And yeah, this is the first one's here. Kitty Kitty is the first story, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go to this town and there's people have been killed by some animal. Classic supernatural thing. Is it some wild animal that we can't identify or is it a creature of the night? Um, they're thinking probably creature of the night. Guess what? Puncture runes in the neck. Scratches. <laughs> they were pretty disgusting, these descriptions. Mm. Um, and basically, they meet this crazy l- cat lady, and they're like, she smells. <laughs> and there's something <laughs> wrong with her, I'm probably. So I'm doing a really that. good at recapping this. I'm trying to remember what my no, first... It's good. Okay. Hannah, I did want to say the last time that we read a Tim Wagoner, which was Resident Evil, the final chapter, we spoke yeah. a lot about how much he went in on the horrible smell of, of the, the nightmare like, world. And we are going to have to ask him about his interest in When the cat smells. lady is introduced in this story, it's like, she smelled like sludge in a rotting burrito. It's so much stuff about the smell. Oh, yeah. I, I like, highlighted... <laughs> one that I thought was kind of funny. I was like, oh, this is this is giving Dean. I tried to to highlight whenever it was giving Dean. Like some <laughs> way he, he described it as like the stank of doom or some shit like that. Um that yeah. was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So th- so so the the concept of this one is we're finding out there's this lady she smells so bad and um her neighbor was killed. Was one of the deceased. And they find out they've been actually trying to get rid of this stanky cat lady. (laughs) So you're thinking maybe this cat lady has something to do with it. Um, The first choice was if you think Sam and Dean should check out the cat lady's house. Turn to page six. If you think Sam and Dean should talk to Tom Gleason, continue reading. Um, Tom Gleason being. We're told that they're going to. Sorry. We're told that they're going to check out the cat lady's house is one of our options. If you yeah. make that choice, it's revealed that they are going to break into what might be an innocent woman's house. Yeah, that's the one. I they chose. do shit like that all the time. <laughs> I chose that one. <laughs> <laughs> me you too. Did you? Yeah, it felt obvious to me that she was yeah, spooky. Like, why are we going to be, be chatting with some guy? I already know it's going to be her. You know? Like, yeah. I'm boring. Let's jump Tom to the chase, guys. That's what I felt. What did you choose, Andrew? I also chose to go to the house. We're so smart. And guess what happened? Should I really reveal? Oh, definitely. Yes. Our boys get killed by this cat lady. She's a saber creature of some sort. And they get totally absolutely. I was like, because <gasps> this is the first thing I'm yeah. reading of this. I'm like, they just 
killed Sam and Dean. And and it's just funny <laughs> to watch the show and just like all of the things that they've always been up against in, in this crazy, crazy world. And this crazy cat lady's unkilled them. That was wild. <laughs> here's here's the passage where they die. You're hunters, aren't you? She said. Thought so. Smelled it on you. But guess what? I'm a hunter too. A very old one. And you know something else? My children are just like me. Hunters. She smiled, revealing a pair of canine teeth that began to grow and continued growing until they stretched past her chin. And killers. A soft, reowling sound came from somewhere amidst the basement clutter. It was followed by a second, a third, and then the cat lady's pets came at the Winchesters in a rush. The brothers reached for their weapons and managed to draw them out before being covered in a sea of teeth, claws, and fur. Neither of them got off a single shot. End of the road. Can you believe that was shocking. It feels, having read quite a few of these Choose Your Own Adventures where a lot of them do end with like, you fall into a pit of spikes and die. <laughs> Something felt so jarringly awful that I was like, they died? <laughs> Not like the, there's one where Dean breaks his leg and you go to the hospital and that's the end of that story. And I was like, okay, that feels fine. That was very R.L. Stein, yeah. Some of these deaths are so shockingly brutal. It really took me out of it. And I don't know yeah. if it's the world we're in the fact that they've survived so much well i think but... it's also i was thinking about this too i was like why is this so graphic to me even though and i'm like i've never read a supernatural script you know what i mean and i'm like mm -hmm. and i've seen the show but i'm trying to think about how gruesome and graphic and bloody the show really gets and i can't really think of it getting so crazy like that often yeah. where it's like, like you know when Dean is ripped apart by yeah. hellhounds, that's pretty yeah. gnarly. But it's also like one thing that we've also been building to and exactly. preparing for for an entire season. Yeah, like most of the other creatures, uh, really they, the way that they're killed and, you know, like their their threat level is never mm -hmm. that. You would never think they were going to get killed by Cat Lady. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That to me was also feels weird. Shocking. And then yeah. when you have episodes like the mystery spot where Dean dies 45 times in yeah. an episode... They're comic, exactly. like they're silly, so that it doesn't feel like this. I, having yeah, I, no I relationship to the material, I love how graphic the book is. Maybe it's because <laughs> we've, mostly, we've mostly been reading kids' choose-your-own-adventures, but some of these are so grisly. Some of them, uh, one of the deaths which we'll get to, involves so much mental despair where the character is thinking, I have oh, been God, sad yeah. before, but the depths of sadness... I could not have conceived how deep they are, <laughs> and I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was a great commitment to because uh, it's a choose your own adventure. You get to have the craziest shit happen. Flip back a couple pages, we're back on the road, right, mm -hmm. on the road again. And that, that and this was this was it really did. I didn't like not to like jump at all, but it really did feel like little episodes, though. You know, I was like, this was a little like half a season or whatever. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I will say the characterization is is it's the sort of thing that it's like I can't say that he's doing it wrong. You know what I mean? Like these Dean lines and these Sam lines, I'm like, they're not amazing, but also is he really wrong? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I had texted Andrew about. So we had we spoke to Tim Wagner about a different book and he had mentioned that he had written one of these or a few of these. And that he hated Castiel as a character and was not interested in the angel stuff. 
and had made a point to say, I'm not writing the angels I'm into anything I write for Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Honestly, I was waiting. I I'm going like, to give him the benefit of the doubt, but yeah. maybe. I think really his complaint was that the angels are too powerful. And once you have cast in a story, like, why aren't Sam and Dean just like solve this right. problem for us? Yeah. Same thing with Stargate. That's what's bad about the late Stargate season is they, they, they're fighting gods, which means they always have to find gods to help them. And it's like, what happened to just strategy? You should just be showing up yeah. with a bunch yeah. of gods. You have to balance. Yeah. The early Stargate yeah. situation. And the early Supernatural situation. But anyway, so I I at some point texted Andrew and was like, this book came out like mid-season eight. So we're like heavy in Angel yeah. territory. Cass is hanging out with them every episode. And so it really felt to me like the characterization, it's not wrong, but it's not no, season eight. No, no. So when they start talking about like, well, we've been to hell, I was like, oh, I assumed this was set in season yeah, two. Yeah, and then they started mentioning like the apocalypse and stuff. And I was like, oh, that, okay, so that stuff has happened. Yeah. It does also, to, to Rebecca's point, I guess both of your points, it, it, it does feel like it's pre-Angel from what I understand because every other page, Dean is going like this hot little piece had some kachungas. He's just so horny. Yeah, which is very <laughs> yeah. early, which, yeah, which is very much, they they really shoehorn in straight Dean. That's what it felt like. I was like, it's happening again. <laughs> straight. Stop doing it. It's not our fault that we see what we see, okay? It's not our fault that whatever Jensen Ackles is doing reads as deeply bisexual. <laughs> and let us not forget of the bisexual lighting. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, you know what? Cassiel is a being. Okay, he's an he's an angel. He exists with a, yeah without with no boundary. Okay, mm-hmm. he's only love. He super chooses to show up as a dude. Yeah. Because Dean, like, he has like his vessel, who's a guy or whatever. But he that that thing gets blown up and fucked over all the time, and he just continues to choose. That yeah. That's me. I am that. Yeah. Man. I mean, because Misha Collins has got a face for the gods. You know. Oh yeah. Interesting face, good face. I won't watch the Batman show he's on I now. I have but I'm really tempted. been tempted, but I have also not right? done it. I'm like, how I'm gonna wait for the next <laughs> depression era. Well, I am I am pretty yeah. depressed lately. <laughs> <laughs> Could be the time. Could Might be now. Be. I'm about to finish Australian Survivor. Gonna have a real vast uh, opening to fill. <laughs> Rebecca, did you go back and try to find the man? who posted on the internet, who got this whole thing rolling after you were viciously killed by cats in the one timeline. Literally, no, and it's the only <laughs> one that I did. <laughs> and I was realizing- You're just like, well, that story's right before, over. I literally, right before the started, I was like, oh my God, I literally didn't go back to that one. I went back to all of the other ones and I, I was like, oh, I'm gonna come back later. And then I didn't. And then I started looking a little bit and I was like, this seems interesting. I wonder if they'll tell me about it. Hannah, why don't you take the baton on this? What happens if you go to I'm talk so to that sorry. man? I'm literally worst guest ever. No, no, no. We, we, we've had no, people on Choose Your Adventures that are like, I took a path, then I stopped. Yeah, no, I went I went back to other ones, I promise. <laughs> but I also have never encountered a continue reading. Oh, I don't think it's good. I have to say, too. I don't like continue reading because uh, for the listener, oh, right. The, usually you get two choices in this book, and it'll be uh, if you want to investigate the cat lady's house, turn to 39. If you want to go talk to the guy who tipped you off about the, the murders, keep reading. And so, first of all, it's just less exciting 
to not mm. flip around. You're just turning the pages Sometimes if you're reading. That's the only reason you reading. actually do the other one because I'm like, well, I want to flip some pages. Exactly. <laughs> I basically always chose flip pages. And yeah. there's one late in the book in the third vignette. There's a, a go to the next page or go forward. And you can see that the next page is an end of the road. You can see it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's not formatted well. For it was a little reason, confusing for me yeah. sometimes, honestly. I was like, am I stupid? <laughs> like, <laughs> am I doing it right? <laughs> I mean, I put a bunch of little sticky notes in so That's I could know smart. what where I was going and what I was doing. Well, and... some people have big brains, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, Rebecca, you're doing great. Um, anyway, if you choose to go talk to that guy, you find him dead. Oh, I saw that. He is yeah. dead. Am I skimming? <laughs> um... And you find that he is surrounded by big old paw prints. And you ch follow the paw prints out to a saber-toothed mm -hmm. tiger mm. that is going to attack you. And then you get a choice. If you think Sam and Dean should aim for the saber-toothed's eye, turn to page 34. If you think Sam and Dean should aim for the saber-toothed's heart, keep reading. And I chose to aim for the eye, maybe because... I wanted to turn yes, the pages. Yes. Uh, but I did that. And that is the quote-unquote yes. correct okay. choice. So, Andrew, do you want to say what happens sure. if you go the so other way? Sure. So if you go to page 30, which is to aim for the saber-tooth's heart, you end up with a very grisly ending on 32. So this is this is like... Yeah, your favorite ending in my the My favorite, you said? This really gross one. Yeah, you had already. Said I like that you it. Liked I like that. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I like that the book goes so weirdly dark. I will just say, can I just look? So just opening dark. the page, you know, one good thing about dying, he thought, the darkness would wash away all of his memories, both the good and the bad. And he carried so many of the latter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. These boys have been through it. Three hundred oh. plus episodes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you decide to shoot it in the heart, and it's the, it's very verbose, and it's well-written, but the, the important thing is Dean's bullet found its target, but it had no impact on the saber tooth. The cat basically runs away and gets to a playground where children are swinging and, and their mothers are there, uh, and it says, da, 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 you're still shooting at the tiger. It says, as if sensing the bullet streaking toward it, the big cat veered to the side, away from the play area. The bullet passed through the space where the saber tooth had been only a split second before and kept going until it struck one of the women in the neck <clears throat> in, yeah, in front, of, in front of her child. Sam watched That's in horror terrible. as the woman's head snapped back and blood gushed from the wound. Her friends screamed as the woman slipped off the park bench and fell to the ground. The kids stopped swinging. They would never do this on the oh, CW. That's the thing. That's the thing. That, not appropriate no disagreement it's like there it's they're definitely <laughs> diverging from what they can do on the tv show i just think it's fun that it's oh, so no, fucked sure. up maybe that's what really freaks me out about some of these deaths is that they don't feel in line with the world of the show which is pretty tame because it's on the cw like people get torn apart and people die you don't and it's see it it's in tv it's, it's you know it's different yeah <laughs> it's always like a little bit sanitized and there's like when dean dies in this very plot line his neck, His breaks neck breaks in a way that is yes. so That's unpleasant really, and that they wouldn't do on TV, on no. the CW. They just we don't want do to it. imagine that. There's just so much detail about mm. how depressing it is. The the woman's child is like mommy over her <laughs> dead body. Her friend, the woman's friend, cries over the dead body. 
Uh, and then it says, Sam had once been trapped in hell, and the experience had shredded his soul and left him with a world-class case of post-traumatic stress disorder when he returned mm -hmm. to Earth. He'd experienced emotional instability and nightmarish hallucinations, and that was on the good days, until he'd finally found himself skirking the edge of insanity. And as bad as it had been, it was nothing compared to the horror of seeing a child weeping over the dead body of her mother, a woman he had killed. So when he yeah. saw the saber-toothed circle around and bound toward him, he turned to meet its charge. He lowered the gun and let the useless weapon slip from his fingers and fall to the ground. He basically just commits suicide, suicide by saber-tooth. Saber yeah. Oh, my. It also That's a good a band name. on Sam Winchester, who... <laughs> truly believes that there's always good to yeah. be done, I think. And so choosing like, I'm just going to let this saber tooth tiger continue to eat people because I'm guilty. doesn't feel totally not super, not super. Is that fair? No, I just when you were reading that, though, Andrew, I was thinking I was like, you should watch Supernatural because <laughs> it gets deep. OK, <laughs> I do think you should watch Supernatural. Yeah. I liked the pilot. You should spend I, some time I watched with the pilot show. before this and I, I enjoyed it. I was very surprised at how there was no resolution. I mean, was it a two hour premiere? Even the even the thing introduced in the pilot as the episodic plot didn't resolve. They wrap up the woman in white. Uh oh yeah, oh yeah. Don't they the yeah. ghost? I guess so. Okay. Yeah. They don't wrap up the shit with Sam's girlfriend who gets murdered, but that's this that's the whole show. That's so. why I keep watching. I see. Yeah. I see. All right, so Hannah. Yeah. They solve the ghost of the week. Hannah, what happens if mm -hmm. you shoot the tiger in yeah. the eye as you and I both did? Yes, if you shoot it in the eye, then it freaks out and runs away back to the cat lady's house and you follow it. You, Sam and Dean, follow yeah. it. Um, where they find the lady and she's like missing an eye and she's naked and gross. And they're like, ew, your house is disgusting, girl. She's also Damn, you half live like cat. this. Yeah, she is a cat yeah, lady, literally. literally. She is a wear saber tooth tiger. Which is like, I feel like you and can't she... just put wear in front of stuff. <laughs> yeah. They do a lot of work to say. She's the last of her kind. She's like the er where saber tooth tiger, oh, and her little kitties are her babies. Yeah, I did highlight when I was just looking back at that a line from Sam that I just like imagining Jared Padalecki like say it was really funny. You can't re reproduce anymore. That's why these cats mean so much to you. They're your adopted children. <laughs> 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 yeah, very Padalecki. Yeah, this this section is also like talk about like alpha monsters, which does feel like a late season piece yeah, of lore. Yeah, just they made something. I up. could feel that that yeah. the author Tim was was engaging or or trying to justify something against what the show had established. It, it without having watched the show, mm. it seems obvious to me that the show went. There's these alphas. They're the they're the original monsters, but there's only so many of them. We're setting up that there's almost so, only so many of them. And then he was coming in and going, "There's one more, and here's a why we didn't know about it because there's a, a long explanation of how uh, even though these were magic saber tooths that were actually people, uh, many hunters would have killed them thinking they were just saber tooths and never learned of their magic. Just a lot of a lot of writing to justify why they had never encountered this or heard of it before." Right. Indeed. Anyway, they are like gonna kill her, as is their mm -hmm. want. And you have the choice. Sam Sam is thinking, 
What kind of weapons would ancient humans have used to protect themselves against a predator as fearsome as a saber tooth? He's like, clearly, if regular hunters in the past could kill these things, it's because their weaponry was old school or whatever. So I'm a smart boy. What can we use? And you get the choice. If you think a knife is the best weapon to use against the were-saber, turn to page 50. If you think a spear is the best weapon to use against the were-saber, keep reading. Do we have a spear? I was wondering. (laughs) I think I chose the spear because it's longer. I I was like, don't get up close to that thing, guys. It has big teeth. That's what I I chose chose the knife, which leads to this situation where you stab her through seemingly the brain. <clears throat> with yeah, the knife so and mm-hmm. she is groaning in pain groaning in pain you get up close to her and you realize oh no she's purring and she's very much alive and she's doing fine and she fucking kills you which is weird that she would be she purring, does give you though. a funny quip that you've made a bad yeah choice. she did say that wink yeah she said but why but i'm like why is she purring now <laughs> you know like, that's kind of weird she she she's... likes a knife in the brain yeah she's like mm. yeah i really just like mm. yeah i had an itch there thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a great point so hannah you went with the spear instead i went with the spear at which point sam cr- shoots a hole in the floor pulls up a chunk of wood stabs the were saber to tiger with it which kills her um, and they're covered in cat shit and pretty miserable about it, but they've killed the monster of the week and they get to move on. You get this illustration of saucy that they're t-shirts. wearing that. their backup clothing. Yep. And they live- Which this book also makes a point that they're like still in their living in a motel era. And I'm like, don't you have all your clothes yeah. with you all yeah. the time? And it's been a long time. I, well, I guess not. They've had a home, but they they keep acting like they're homeless. But like they've had a home of that place. Well, I can't yeah. let I remember. And I I looked this up to confirm by season eight when this book was published. They're living the in the bunker. bunker. There's a bunker. Like they're yeah. settled in to. A, yeah, they eventually basically societies. Come on, a secret society bunker that becomes their home base for the rest of the show. Everything you could ever nice. need to learn about the supernatural. Which is perfect for our boys. Yeah. <laughs> and it gives Dean a real home, which is what really was nice. This? <laughs> he gets to decorate a bedroom. What it's was really the secret important. society about? Emotionally. They're the They're called the Men of Letters. Okay. And they're just like monster hunters, but they're, they're fancy British. About it. Oh, that's less exciting yeah. than I thought. I, I was hoping <laughs> they got pulled in by a secret society unrelated to their craft. No. No. <laughs> No, they learned that like their grandfather was part of it. And that whole like thing whole was a bit of a stretch. Thing. Well, the thing, Andrew, is that they you start the show and you're like, this is a normal American <laughs> family who is struck by the tragedy of a demon killing their mom, and it drives their dad absolutely fucking batshit crazy, and he becomes the worst father mm-hmm. who has mm-hmm. ever lived, and ruins their lives. And then later, the show is like, actually, though, the, the, being monster hunters is like in their family and has been for generation upon generation. And you're like, well, well of course, that's the sense. plot of everyone's favorite show, The Winchesters, which I was reading about. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And then I guess at some point, if that show had continued, they would have, when the show naturally ended, they would have been like, and then John Winchester forgot about <laughs> all of this. Well, did they, did they, is that canceled? Yeah. Canceled. Yeah, I think it got canceled. Oh. We just can't have nice things on TV anymore. Just, I didn't watch. No, neither did I. <laughs> the 
Though I do hear that Jensen Ackles is on it, like yeah, more he than narrates sense. Let him go. And I, and he like pops up. Yeah, he did no, it, and he, he betrayed. Did this to himself. He betrayed he the other it, guy. Rebecca. I know about this, even though I haven't watched the show. There well, was like a. I don't know about the drama. When the Winchesters came out, the the drama was that Ackles had basically uh, obtained the rights to Supernatural, created a whole show narrated by him. And then Padalecki heard about it and went, uh, is it narrated by us? And Ackles was like, no. All right. As we defeat the cat lady, we then get to progress to what is essentially the next episode of this Supernatural book. An illustration is on this page uh, that has some sort of dog, bear, bee monster uh, attacking a woman in a swimsuit on some rocks by the ocean. The title of the second installment shulman's model and rebecca would you uh would you let our listeners know what the sort of narrative lead up is uh in this episode yeah so they're at um a con (laughs) at uh actually it's called dark art a con (laughs) (laughs) um they're in this hotel um what had happened (laughs) why were they there oh yeah because we don't find out right away why they're there yeah, like we have like twenty like, pages until a choice. Also, yeah. So it's basically yes. a, it's a it's a like conference thing for this guy J P Shulman's dark, twisted creature art, and you've got a very sus grand nephew, which I'm like <laughs> that close with their uncle. That's so weird. Um, <laughs> who's seeming suspicious, and then we find out about this. A uh, woman, uh, this artist named Chris Mattis, who is was the protege of J.P. Shulman. Um, and, and she's, she's hot. hot. She's in she's leather. Hot. He's looking at that ass every chance he can, Mr. Dean. And she was, one night she had a cigarette and she was attacked by what she could only describe as a Shulman-esque type creature. <laughs> but she's like, nah, it's probably a fanboy or something. But is it? Or is it a creature of the of the shulman variety that's <laughs> right is that is that correct yeah can you imagine just using that to describe that is correct someone you know that if you if you got attacked by a creature like hannah can you imagine describing it to somebody else's yeah it was actually weirdly over esque it's so strange yeah. when it's not fiction <laughs> it was weird that they tried to make that a term yes. right as if that's like a type of art style i guess so i guess in this world world it is is. what was the first choice we had on page 73 the first choice is yeah you're you're with sam who gets wine spilled on him and he being a fussy bitch that he is thinks I should clean this up or I should ignore it and continue to work on the case. And those Hannah, are your choices. I said, oh, go ahead, Rebecca. Basically. Oh, yeah. You, you, no, no, Rebecca. You I was no, literally Rebecca, just going to ask you guys what you did. So I'll take it clean. Rebecca, what choice did you make first? My first choice, um, I was like, I feel like this is going to get me in trouble. <laughs> well, we got to take care of the wine. <laughs> so I went to take care of the wine <laughs> on the sleeve. That was my first choice. And what? Uh, what? what came of that? And oh, bad stuff. I died again. <laughs> right. Immediately. I was like, why do I keep killing my sweet boys? 
Um, by by, I, I can't even what 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 killed me. So you me? go into the um, men's room and you step up to the sinks to clean yourself off. Frederick yes. comes in as you described him, the very sus right. nephew, and it's the most suspicious character. He spilled the wine. He says, "Allow me to apologize again, and if there's any cleaning expense, please send the bill to me." Uh, Sam smiled. Will do. Uh, before Sam, oh, let's see. Here we go. Um, he was about to lower his gaze back to his sleeve when he saw Frederick's reflection blur and, distor- and distort. At first, he thought it might be due to a trick of the light, but when he spun around to check, Frederick was gone. In his place stood a half-formed creature that resembled one of creature. Shulman's paintings. Shulman-esque, if you will. Shulman-esque creature. If the colors had run while the paint was still wet. Before Sam could react, the creature lashed out and backhanded him with surprising strength. And this basically leads to you dying. It ends with, it raised a clawed yeah, foot above Sam's really head and brought it down with shattering force. Uh, that's the thing. These, these descriptions, I'm like, don't shatter Sam Winchester's head. <laughs> you can just be like, and then exactly. you died. And, like, you don't have to do what, all Well, what I loved is that it kept being like, like, and then they felt for the last time, because they won't be feeling anything anymore, because they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> It was, it was always just like for the last time. I'm like, damn. <laughs> really did it. Hannah, these uh, deaths are written in exactly the way that I wrote what's his name's death in my Sky Captain fanfic. What's that character's name? Yeah, that made me so upset. Dex, of course. In, Dex. in my Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow fanfic, <laughs> I had his head Giovanni explode. Radici. And it, it was very much like that. Oh, this is terrible. I was so unhappy. <laughs> Rebecca, I also wanted to treat the wine stain, but I somehow misread my options and ended up turning. Oh, so I'm the genius who actually turned to 76 on purpose. I thought we got bigger things to deal with than a friggin' Uh, wine stain. Right. You don't know Sam Winchester very well. I really don't. That's going to really bother him. He would have cleaned up that stain. I did it for him, really. (laughs) He has to be (laughs) in in a great mental place to handle what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> so Hannah, what happened to you when you accidentally turned to that page? Um, I realized very quickly that I had made the wrong choice, but it was too late that I thought, whatever, I'll go back and read the other one at some other point. Uh, but you say to hell with it. He thought it could wait. That jacket's never <laughs> going to be the same, Sam. At which point you leave Sam to do whatever the fuck he's doing and you bounce back over to Dean, who's hanging out with the artist, Chris. They talk about stuff. She's going to go have a cigarette and asks Dean to watch her table, at which point he gets distracted by a hottie. Yeah, he's always doing that. And you get which... He's, he's being order. double horny for two um, people you get at the once. Choice. It was, that page was a lot. Yes. It really feels like a hard wrangle into what if Dean was the straightest guy oh, you right. ever met. And I was just Because they like, can never do it normally. Th- at this sort of event... <laughs> by this time in the show, at this type of event, Dean would be like very into I the see. monster yeah. art. He'd be like talking to people about. I mean, we haven't even passions. talked about the He's fan like fac- the fan fiction episodes. You know, the super meta episodes that no, mm-hmm. you know, like this would be one of those. Rebecca, you know? how do you mean by that? Yeah, he'd be having a great time. Well, there's like a there's an episode called famously. Well, okay, uh, so much to, to explain. <laughs> there's a book in the show Supernatural called Supernatural that's about Sam and Dean Winchester who fight monsters. That the book exists. It's written by Chuck. Okay, so there are episodes mm-hmm. where they go to conventions for the book 
Supernatural, the series, which is them and their story. And there's also an episode where there's Do people know that like, it's them that they're the musical. guys. No. no, no, no. It's like oh, great costumes type shit. Oh, you know? right. There's an episode where they like go to a girl's private high school where they're putting on a supernatural. Musical. And when I tell you, it made me cry. Why, why did that episode <laughs> make me very cry? good? It did. It's really good. It's pretty good. Is why it's really beautiful. Um. There's also ones where they attend like regular fit, like normal fan conventions yeah. or like go LARPing or whatever. There's one like, thing Supernatural did well at the time was reference itself is like, oh, we're they did fan service like no other, you know, we, mm-hmm. it was we were writing the damn show. except letting two boys except make for that, out which was all on wanted. national television. <laughs> they tried. They, they, they tried to help us sometimes but <laughs> but you feel like if no. they were at a convention that didn't concern themselves was not about their own story that dean would still be interested in the subject matter <laughs> yeah he'd be because having a blast like like let's new era dean is like oh it, i feel like a lot of it was the comedy of undercutting his man manliness rather than doing manliness you know it was always him being mm-hmm. like not that and then like oh uh what you know like Became very so much awful. of Dean Winchester huh? is, this, I mean, so much of his character is like the illusion of right. masculinity forced upon him by his right. father. So like early seasons, he's like super butch in a way that because Jensen Ackles is like the prettiest man you've mm-hmm. ever seen, doesn't totally jive. It just like feels like a yeah. put on. And later seasons are like, it is a put on. He's very sensitive. He's kind of a dweeb. He like watches a lot of TV and like reads books and enjoys they, they cinnamon, silly they, they cinnamon rolled him, you know, like very, you know, when yeah. that was a whole thing on t- Tumblr. <laughs> like he's a precious cinnamon roll. Or what whatever. does that mean? That. I'm not yeah. smart enough to. He's a sweetie, actually. He was a, he was a little sweetie. You got to take care of this little sweetie boy. You know, he yeah. was one of those. So like under the mask of like super hyper masculinity is a more is a very sensitive boy. And as he moves out from under the shadow of his oppressive, abusive mm-hmm. dad and embraces more aspects of and himself, this comes to a place where he's like, I do like from Castiel, pure, yeah. pure unconditional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, I don't have to be a tough guy who's into tits. I can be in love with my male <laughs> angel friend and or I, whatever like he could he would be dorking out on stuff more that, definitely yes. yeah his interest would not just be on the can, I, can i ask a cultural question uh this show ran for 15 yes. years during which time cultural attitudes towards the lgbtq community have have loosened at least in movies and TV shows. Like, obviously, we're seeing a lot of scary stuff these days. But, like, mm-hmm. in movies and TV shows, it's much more normal to see queer storylines, stuff like that. Do you think that this interaction with Castiel, of which I've seen zero, that if it were presented mm-hmm. in a TV show that came out in 2023, it would be labeled queer baiting? Well, there was always there was always that talk of queer baiting. Even back then. Definitely, were yeah. the tumblr posts about yeah yeah f- fully and that's why it's like these people knew the fucking names of the writers and the producers like you're the one who wants to sneak gay shit to us and you're the one who always wants to make it oh straight. sure but i i guess yeah. i mean i mean it is so compellingly argued that if cass was a, a woman they would have been hooking up for yeah. 10 years i think they, they would have just been committed like, 
partners. If you're asking more about like the community's response, the community, <laughs> the supernatural fandom community's response to Cassie. Rebecca Bolin is here on behalf of the supernatural community yeah. representing all of their interests. I think that people love Castiel too much for any of the queer, any of the possibly problematic queer baiting aspects of it to like interfere with the relationship to the text. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, this is probably queer baiting a lot of the time, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me more. I want to see more. Another little spoiler for the end of Super, not a little spoiler, yeah. whatever. The end of the show. Like the second to last episode, I or the third to last episode, Cass basically says to Dean, "I'm in love with you," and then he gets dragged to hell essentially. Um, and they're like, "We're not touching that ever again." They like did it. They're like, "We're not queer baiting you." He's queer. You don't get but to you have. Don't it. ever get to see them handle right. That. That's the thing. It right. got stronger it's and stronger bad. and more evident. Where you're like, "We know we're not reading into this bullshit." You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but but yeah, I mean. I guess I don't know why they never just did, did it like did it for real for real. They should have. I want to see those. Honestly, the fan fiction kiss. is there. It's it's better. Oh, it's, it's there's like a hundred thousand <laughs> archive of our own. Like there's just like more. Any type of scenario you you're trying to think of, you know, when we got the alternate universes, we got it all. <laughs> yeah. Hannah, can I venture a guess? That just from the way you said the choices, that you stayed at Chris's table as opposed to yeah. trying to bone the 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 other hot lady. I did. Great. Correct. Yes, I did choose to be a responsible person and keep my promise to a woman I had been talking to as a peer, not a sack of meat. And you were rewarded for that because that is the true path. But what did happen if you went the other way? If you follow the lady, she leads you up to her hotel room. Yes. Tries to seduce you all nakedy, and then she fucking murders mm-hmm. you because she's a mm-hmm. demon. Is she Frederick yep. with, with what we eventually learn? No, she's just another no. demon. She is a... Well, he's Great. not a demon. He's a monster. She's a straight-up demon yeah. from hell. When they got the black eyes, they're from hell, okay? The... Th- but and, yeah. and and I we, I think we do need to note that they're since they're they're saying something about deja vu. They're saying this she's something about her seems familiar, but mm-hmm. he doesn't know what. And also something about who was a, who was familiar in the, the other police one? officer. When the there's a big officer. passage about what it's like to impersonate police and how they're passing a police officer. I hope he doesn't sniff us out as fake. And I thought to myself, right. they can't be impersonating police that often. That's so reckless. And then I watched the pilot, and uh, they just do it right from the jump. Almost <laughs> well, every episode, yeah. you've ever heard. Just like there's no way. But yeah, there, they, there's, there's a sense of deja vu encroaching. Yeah. Uh, in these in these early stories, in in a lot of instances, she loves to get naked too. This is like, and now she's naked. <laughs> was, there was so yeah. much nakedness in this. I was it like, it was really. It felt really immoral to follow the woman <laughs> on basically any level that you engage with it, because even if you're thinking very sex positively, uh, the Chris character is so forward with Dean. It's so that crazy. It's, if you follow the other woman, I mean, she's basically 
being like, let's go do a photo shoot. Maybe I could not yeah. wear any clothes during it. She's basically like, let's she can't have one normal sentence without like having another sentence on it being like, but we could be naked. It's, it's, <laughs> you know? it's it, it, if it was the run up the first two minutes of a pornographic film, I'd be like, this is on the nose. This is too on the nose. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I, it, it feels so crazy to make the choice on any level to go, Things are going so well with Chris. I should follow a stranger to her room. <laughs> That's a different woman. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. he's so horny. It doesn't work even, out for you either. He can't even handle himself. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That version. Of, and, but also in all of the versions of this story. He's trying to get... Yeah, he's really, really yeah. warmed up in this one. Dude, mm-hmm. Just looking at my... What happened when we stayed? I, I, I think I stayed. If you stay at Chris's table, that is your final choice for that storyline. Uh, Rebecca, w- would, would you mind right. recapping how this storyline wraps up the reveal of the killer and whatnot? This storyline gets so crazy. <laughs> um, so basically, basically, these Shulman-esque creatures are not they're they're now by the way chris is an artist who also does creatures but they're all different they're kind of like in the shadows and she even mentions it she's like i think it's scarier when they're in the shadows and then basically she's getting we're we're getting attacked by creatures of of her imagination yes there it is that thing is creepy <laughs> it's so and creepy then, so so basically it's a creature guy that that feeds on the imagination and because it needs to have someone's imagination to become a form and that's right? why it's come to a convention the, yeah right and then guess what frederick frederick is not even a human being he's a glob <laughs> he's a glob he is this creature glob and how did it end again? This one got crazy. <laughs> this one, sorry, go ahead, Hannah. Yeah, if, I was gonna say, you have a choice of who goes through the door first. And the right choice is Sam goes through first. I was like, yo, it's icy out here, be careful. Oh, yeah. so and funny. then you, the glob guy, I don't know, you blow him up somehow. I totally forgot. I totally By forgot. Oh yeah, you imagine it. You I, imagine him to because death. it can't be alive unless it's imagined. Like, uh, there is some monster that shows up in Supernatural that, like, you it has to be believed in to right. be real. And this is like that, but with an and he's a globby, also. <laughs> he's so globby. very globby. And then someone scoops up some of his glob. Tender, the yeah. bartender who also guess what has jingly jangly Jiggly, keys. Jangly. And also seems vaguely familiar. There's a bartender, by the way. This is from when he spills the wine. The bartender poops up the ball. This At this point, <laughs> uh, the second instance of jangly keys, I started What's to be like, ah, there's something uh, there. And I made a note. I went back. I found the first set of jangly keys. There's a character in every vignette that has jangly keys and then decides to collect something uh, from from the, the resulting scene. The policeman yeah. in the first one shows up to their motel mm. and picks something up as well. Um also um you find out that Shulman, the great artist or whatever, the so the, the creature was posing for him. Why what what was so, that? 
it, the implication. I really like shit. On yeah, that one. basically, they discover that because <laughs> the the monster was feeding on Shulman's imagination, they posit that there's two yeah. different scenarios. One is that uh, he was somehow constantly victimized by the monster. The monster would show up and feed on his imagination, and which I guess would kind of hurt him, and then come back and do it again and again and again. But the the main characters think that doesn't make a ton of sense. He seemed like a happy guy. Maybe he was complicit in feeding this monster right. using his imagination. And even though the book doesn't say it, I thought maybe that's why he was bringing on a protege in Chris is because he was looking uh, for more food for the monster. Chris starts to basically change Shulman's mm. style to be something other than monsters. She wants him to branch out, and she thinks he has real talent. The monster doesn't want And Frederick hates it. He's like, don't draw not monsters. We need monsters. So That's me. I'm monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really uh, I thought that was a cool wrinkle. This is maybe my favorite vignette of the whole book. Uh, and I I also like that in order to make it seem creepy or weird or interesting that Chris uh, is emulating Shulman. They said a bunch of times she was his protege, but they weren't having sex. I can't make it weren't clear doing enough. It though. Yeah. Dean yeah. could maybe do yeah. her, but not Shulman. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't fucking an old guy. Yeah. Don't worry. So funny. Hannah, would you fill yeah. us in on what the narrative lead up to Hollow Town, the third vignette, is. Yeah, so Sam and Dean are in a diner, their favorite place to be. But things are Incredibly. pretty fucking weird in this diner. They have come to this town because of reports that, like, everybody's cold and strange there. And that is what they experience, including uh, the couple behind them starts to have a fight, which no one else pays any attention to and is about to become a murder. Yeah. And it seems like there's a lot of murders happening in this town that nobody just gives a shit about right now. This is definitely one that I was like, if this this would be hard to be an episode because it's very graphic with people just murdering yes. each other, which isn't really a yeah. thing of supernatural. Uh, like, it's not the main thing. <laughs> yeah, not quite no. like this. So your first choice in this is you watch a man go into the kitchen and he comes back out with a cleaver and he's about to chop up his girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, and you get the choice. If you think Dean should draw his gun to stop this man from cleaving a woman, turn to page 129. If you think Dean should attempt to disarm the man, continue reading. Oh, wait. And can I also just say before this, um, she <clears throat> smashes the freaking ketchup against the guy's head. And the way they said it... it it was like the thick glass made a sickening thunk as it contact connected with the man's head and he fell sideways, slipping out of the booth. And hit. I was like, God damn, <laughs> internal, internal bleeding of the brain. OK, take him to a hospital like this shit was crazy. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. My choice was not to draw a gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't draw my gun. Before we talk about that, though, <clears throat> there's a moment where they're watching all the weird stuff happen in the diner where the first thing that tips them off is 
They say to Janice, the waitress, you know, why are you the only one on duty here? This diner is packed. Uh, and she says, yeah, usually there are a couple of other girls working days with me. Shelly Anderson and Jackie Duvall. Shelly Duvall reference. But they aren't here anymore. Mm. Uh, Sam and Dean exchanged a look. When you say aren't here, Dean said, Shelly was strangled by her boyfriend a few days ago. And Jackie died in a shootout at the mall yesterday. Silly bitch always did have lousy aim. And this tips them off to yeah, there's being something that. wrong in this town. Which, obviously, those things happening is strange. But I thought at the time that they were being tipped off to how weird it is that the waitress is being so cavalier about the horrible deaths of her friends. But we will later right. learn that this waitress is a god in disguise who's orchestrating the entire book. Does that make sense? Does it, well, does anything but does, make does sense? Does it make what sense that, that yeah. she would be so cavalier <laughs> about the deaths if she wasn't under the spell that the town is under? Because she's actually the puppet master. Mm. I mean... She's a god. If she's a god, if Janice doesn't even exist. Janice is fake. She's just yeah. playing the part, right? She so she's even playing the part. These. The whole the whole goal is to get Sam and Dean to destroy the book so that she can get a part of it okay, to make so her baby monster. Janice, <laughs> who's the ultimate villain of the piece, will later learn, <coughs> has been disguised as the cop. Has been disguised. As whoever right. it was in the second one, she the also bartender. has keys, and I was like, "Why would it, a waitress have so many right. keys?" And then <laughs> is is the waitress, but in the waitress role, is pretending not only to be the waitress, but also to be the waitress under the sickness of the town. Great. I don't know if yes. she's doing a good job. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was crazy. The tone of this was wild. Everyone was just like, it's like they're in this packed diner and everyone's silent and just like fighting, you know, this was, this was interesting. Um, when we disarm the man, what happens? I forgot. Or we try. If you disarm the man, which is the true yes. path, you get arrested by the right. sheriff who takes you out to the middle of yeah, the, the woods. Yeah, the sheriff, from the moment he shows yeah. up, we're being told he is not chill. He's very sus. Sheriff, sheriff we do not like to engage with. There's mm -hmm. no, there's a, it's a really lose-lose with this one, you know? <laughs> like, like this, this place is not safe, <laughs> these people. <laughs> no choice. Yeah. If you turn a gun, I mean, if you pull your gun out in that first choice, the sheriff just shoots you yeah. in the diner. So at least you have a little more time to right. not get shot. If you attempt to disarm, them. I think always don't don't bring out guns. You know, I think that's Anne yeah. and I <laughs> tend to take that path when doing choose your own adventures. Indiana Jones loves to, in his choose your own adventures, pull out his gun, and we're always trying to get him not to do it. Oh, just Indy, just no. deescalate, deescalate. He's always saying, "But remember that one time in Raiders where the guy had the sword and I pulled out my gun? Everyone thought that was funny. Will it be funny this time?" And we're like, "No, dude, stop! They're innocent people." <laughs> actually stop please be chill <laughs> so, yeah and also you see a ghost oh, right it's a gross looking ghost yep it's all patches mcgee <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, he's all stitched together like a Frankenstein man. And he's scary. If you make the quote-unquote correct choice here, as Rebecca says, you still get into a terrible situation. It It is a lose-lose in the sense that if you pull out your gun, you get killed by the sheriff immediately. If you try to disarm the man, then you end up kidnapped by the sheriff out in the woods and... You get a classic, once again, Indiana Jones choice where it's like, are you going to attack the sheriff or are you just going to wait? <laughs> the The hallmark of the choose your own adventure. What if you just did something or did nothing? Rebecca, what did you do here? I think I first waited. Yeah, my first time was a wait, which was just then... Um, yeah, I waited till a better moment, Dean, Dean and Sam, not me. I We're mean. not in the story. <laughs> um, and then they basically knock the guy out. They have a good t- bit of timing. They knock the guy out and they handcuff him and then they throw the key. And and they said, well, he's because they're like, it's not his fault because of he's definitely under some sort of spell. But and so we don't want to kill him. But but at least he'll be alive and he'll just he'll just have a long walk. I'm like, you just he is unconscious. He just threw the handcuff keys into the snow. Ain't no way he's finding my my gun. Ain't no finding them. I thought that I thought that was a little cruel of the Winchesters. Not going to lie. <laughs> I'm very opposed to the weight choice. I think that if if you're. Hmm. Writing a choose-your-own-adventure, you should not have an action versus no action because people want to take action. That's the fun thing about a choose-your-own-adventure. Haven't be... you learned anything from our Indiana Jones adventures, though? Sometimes if you act too soon, you I end understand. up murdered I by the it. side of the but road in the woods. I would just rather have a signal for help versus yeah. attack or something like that. I don't <laughs> like when it's attack now, wait for a better option. It just bums me out. Now, if you attack the sheriff as opposed to waiting. I chose that because I didn't want to wait. Uh, you get killed in some grisly <laughs> way and it's really bad. And then when you do the correct path, there is a line where one of the brothers says to the other, you weren't about to make a move, right? That could have gone really badly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when we say choices, choices. <laughs> Yeah, they go back to collect their things from the diner, and then you get one of those scenes where Sam's like, oh, there's some gross pornos on here that somebody used my laptop to look at, and Dean's like, I'd like to look at those, which... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny when Supernatural would do stuff like that, too, because it's like, there's no sex, really. Like, like there was some sex, but it's not like, you know, it's not that much sex. I think in the first... The most sex... five seasons you like see sam and dean have sex probably three times total it's terrible it's real travesty honestly let me see butts (laughs) male there's the occasionally like the odd implication that somebody like went home with somebody yeah but it's so it's so like like made for uh teen audience you know you can get man butt on the cw no probably not actually no. Probably not. There was a lot of abs, yeah. though. Like, at, especially when Sam is, like, downing demon blood all the time. Right he's shirtless yeah. nonstop. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to get mired yeah. down in the lore, but why does he have to do the demon blood thing? <laughs> he's a demon. He has demon blood. He's addicted okay. to it. 
He gets addicted to demon He's blood. Demon? It gives him superpowers. By the way, did you know he has demon blood in him? Well, he does. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He does. All the way from the first season. It's complicated. Okay. <laughs> you know yeah. who? A lot of things have happened to these men. You think they've been to hell? Yes. Do you think they've been to purgatory? Yes. <laughs> they've had apocalypse? Yes. yes. Think they've been to alternate so, universe? Yes. To be clear, they've converted yes. Lucifer multiple times. To, yes. To be, yes. To, to be Fifteen clear, seasons. Then, they've the done show it all. From almost the beginning, had a lot of demon and hell presence, and then some people. The yes. author of this book included, who will interview. Some people don't like that heaven became a thing. Well, which which means I that the, the but but I guess what I'm yeah. I, I'm not because heaven was different. I, <laughs> I mean, this angels is also a show also, where like God is a right, bad guy, are, like God is right, real I, and he's a bad and, and guy. Can be bad. I guess too. I. Like a whole society. I'm just it, surprised you know? that the beginning of the show is hell only. It feels like those things would be part and parcel. It's very like monster. Yeah. Though. It's like hell is real because monsters are real. And that's just like an ugly part mm-hmm. of our world. And it's monstery. And like the good side of that doesn't exist because the world sucks actually. Until- and that's part of the arc with right. the angels is Dean being like, this is fucked up. The world is bad. What do you mean? And they're like, no, not. it doesn't have to be bad. Right. Like Cass's big argument to him is like good things, and they're happen. always saving the world from like just absolute yeah. disaster, like like seismic level. Um, but I yeah, but then then it's that thing of like, well, Dean wants to help. What's going to happen? An angel needs to pull him out, I guess. And and mm-hmm. yeah, it's literally just the the popularity of that character, though. It would not have been a thing as much as it was if Cass wasn't so interesting. Okay, incredible. Yeah. One of the absolute bad. You gotta ju- like just watch the first episode of yeah. season four, and you'll get it. It's electric. Lucifer electric. Is my bay too. I love Lucifer. Ooh, oh Mark Pellegrino. Same. Yes. Thank Ooh, you. Yes. <laughs> also in Lost, Ooh. Jacob. Ooh. Jacob in mm-hmm. Lost. You know, very interesting. Great. Good, great, fun character yeah, actor. Love. If you love him, make the right choice, and whatever we were just talking about, you end up going to an occult <laughs> shop. Which is described thusly. Yes. The first thing Dean noticed when they entered the shop was the familiar smell of musty old books and exotics. You aren't going to read the part where he very bitchily oh, yeah, says that. that their window display is no good? <laughs> Take it, Anna. Uh, it was an embarrassment, Dean thought. At least whoever owned the shop could do. Uh, the least whoever owned this shop could do was try to make the display look a little spooky. But this, this could only hope to scare an interior designer. <laughs> That's good enough. All my, uh, my passage is just about how all the shops smell the same, all the occult shops, which I like. Hannah, what happens if you go into this shop, <laughs> uh-huh. which we're doing? Uh, you talk to the owner, who's a lady who seems to not be infected by ghost soullessness, <laughs> but she is actually. And not only is she infected by ghost soullessness, but she's like the conduit of ghost yeah. soullessness, and she has stolen and everybody's souls in this whole town she can touch on behalf of this ghost. Exactly. She pulls a shotgun on you, and she's ready to kill you and or take your souls. And you get the choice. If you think Sam should attempt to disarm Jackie, turn to page 128. If you think Dean should shoot Jackie, Rebecca, what did you do reading. here? 
Um, I think I said we're not going to shoot <laughs> an unwell woman. We're not going to shoot her. Yeah. No, we're not going to shoot her. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And yet, you. Oh, tell me. Well, you well, go ahead. What happens if you don't shoot well, her? Well, then, then what happened? I forgot. Oh yeah. Well, it's the still thing you back. don't know about Jackie when making this choice <laughs> yeah. is that if she puts a hand on you, you become a soulless monster. Right. And so yes. when you try to disarm her, which is what I, of course, did because I'm always anti-gun in these books. This is what happens. Yeah. Before Dean could do anything, Sam started forward, clearly intending to disarm Jackie. Uh, Dean wanted to warn Sam, yell at him for taking such chance. Uh, Jackie pulled the shotgun's trigger. Blood sprayed from Sam's left shoulder as he spun to the side and fell to his knees, features twisted in agony. She reached out and touched her index finger to his nose. Boom, she said. Dean felt a teasing sensation deep within, a combination of pain and loss beyond anything he'd ever experienced before. Then the pain was gone, and for the first time in his life, everything was clear, and basically he's been turned soulless demon and it ends with him stepping over to sam i mean <clears throat> Sorry, not demon just been, soulless. i don't know all the terms he now he's a castiel uh <laughs> i just really don't get it uh sorry <laughs> so he steps over to sam he says sorry about this but even as he apologized he knew he wasn't truly sorry he was no longer capable of bad. feeling regret this was a simple matter of math Sam was a threat to Speakman, the ghost, that Dean needed to subtract. He pointed his gun at Sam's forehead. Sam looked up at him. Dean, he pulled the trigger. End of the road. Yeah, I think I had actually blocked that from my memory. (laughs) When the boys have to kill each other. You know, and they're oh always this is the thing about these boys. They're always fighting over who gets to kill each other. You know, like, no, I'll die. No, you die. No, I'll die. No, I'll die. No, you have you have to say alive. No, you have to die. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. And at this point, it happened. This is terrible. This is I terrible. Like that a lot of the bad endings like have end. different <laughs> degrees of death that they're not all both guys die. Uh, one of mm-hmm. them, as you say, Hannah, is that we go to the hospital because one of them breaks their leg. We've already talked about one where they both die in a grisly fashion with the saber-toothed tiger. And in this one, one of them gets turned evil and kills the other. I like the variety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to, the, the, and especially because it harkens to the past <laughs> of, their, of their their history. I don't so get sad. it at all. What do you mean by that? Well, just you know, they they have both been soul. They've been soulless. They've been dead. They've been (laughs) basically you know these things. Nothing happening in this book is new. It's all stuff they've done before. Maybe not a cyber tooth (laughs) thing. (laughs) Maybe not that. Hannah, what happens if you do what none of us want to and shoot a seemingly defenseless woman? Oh wait, she has a gun. I think I did choose to shoot her at this point of the book. I think I was ready to do some violence having read a hundred and some pages. I was like, you know, maybe the right choice <laughs> yeah. is maybe to, to shoot Shit this out. woman. And look, I trust Dean Winchester. He's a good man. He doesn't shoot her dead. He shoots mm-hmm. her in the shoulder, um, which stops her from shooting you, which is good. 
then you, they are like the, the everybody else in the town is like coming to protect this book, which you realize is made of the ghost's skin and is his tether gross. to the world, which you have to destroy. Mm-hmm. Pretty gross. So the goal is to burn the book, which they do. They burn the book. Everybody gets their souls back. Everybody's like, whoa, what happened here? We're all confused. Which leads to a funny part where Sam and Dean are like, us too. We don't remember either. We're not in trouble. Which I really liked. And that's it. You've solved the case of the soulless town and you leave, right? Definitely. I forgot to bring up that there's a part of one of these paths in Hollow Town where Tim writes that a character is considering a choice without giving the reader a choice, which I thought was funny because if you're writing action-packed fiction, I imagine a lot of the writing is detailing to the reader what options are available to a person who's in a fight or in a rock slide or whatever your action may be. He could grab onto this or he could try his luck with the cliff or whatever. And on 106, we get this passage. Dean didn't see many options. He could stand here and let her shoot him or he could try to grab hold of her hand while pivoting to the side at the same time. The gun would most likely go off before he could force her hand upward, which meant that if the bullet didn't hit him, there was an excellent chance it would strike someone else in the diner. I just thought this was funny because we get the choice, which I'm sure he writes stuff like this a lot, but we don't actually get the choice. We -hmm. learn the stakes of a choice and then we don't get to go, Mm -hmm. I think I'd like to try for that gun. It was just training us up to understand the importance of a choice. Definitely. Our next choice. But it makes you wonder, what choices in these guys' lives are we in control of? Like, what what is our role in this? I didn't get to choose mm. what they ate at the diner. Why not? Yeah. I'm great. With, yeah. And I have celiac in, my, in the reality. But what if I want to eat a burger in the book? You know? <laughs> it's my only it's chance to eat a burger. Gone. What the heck, Tim? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would have enjoyed a choice where Sam is like, Dean, you should be eating healthier. Mm. Choose the salad. <laughs> and then you have to choose, does he choose the salad or no. does he choose a burger? Only Cass. Only for Cass will he salad. <laughs> so, Hannah, what is our lead into the final story? How what, what happens at the end of Hollow Town that gets us there? <clears throat> um, you just turn the page to the next page. Or whatever, and there was no transition, no mis- flash of mystic light, no dizzying sensation of vertigo, no jolt of energy surging through their bodies. One moment they were in the occult shop, the next they were elsewhere. So it just kind of dumps like, you into the next section. Sure, but you also do see once again Janice stealing oh, the yes. ashes of the the ghost you've you've killed, which is sort of interesting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What are now we're at uh, the, the climax we're of the book, out. which we didn't know originally was going to be serialized. We didn't know all of these things would tie together. No, no. Rebecca, would you explain mm-hmm. to our listener what happens in the story, Let Us Pray? Ooh, can I explain it? So <laughs> the, um, all of these things were... Janice, she's not a waitress. And it's not even J-A-N-I-C-E. It's J-A-N-U-S, okay? It's a god. Janice is the god of, guess what, choice. 
and time, beginnings and ends. That's why it's January. You learn something new every day. And then they end up in some. How do they get to the hospital? Or they just appear? They're they're in the. They're just there. They just are. Yeah, they're in the hospital, and then they see. There's this. Um, who do they see first? Oh yeah, it's a, he's a doctor. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a doctor, mm-hmm. and he's got an old face. And then guess what? On the back, he has a young face giving <laughs> source. Mm-hmm. And because beginning and ends, and he's like basically, I've been the you know, collecting like the, the, what happened. <laughs> so Janice gets introduced on one forty two, and uh, he he does that whole explanation of I was all these people. I was the cop in Kentucky. I was the bartender. Right. I That's was, why they're having all the deja vu's. Right, and you're having deja all, vu. They've been here before, which which. It, doesn't make a ton of sense because if I make the correct choice the first time, which I sometimes do, they shouldn't be having deja vu because I'm the vessel through which this is happening, right? So, I mean, also there's a they get attacked by monsters in this hospital, but it's not monsters we've seen in these stories. And then the monsters are like, "We wanted to eat you," but it they're just random werewolves and vampires and stuff. That didn't yeah. feel quite true to form. Janice to basically gets uh, this big villain monologue where he explains his whole deal. And it comes because Dean says, Sam and I may not have always made the best choices in our lives, but on the whole, I don't see how we've denied anyone anything. The creatures we kill prey on humans, and every monster we gank adds up to lives saved. More people alive, more choices they can make, right? And then Janice right, says, the, Janice feeds on the choices, by the way. That's he, the other He thing. gets off on the choices. He gets his power from the choices. And yeah. he says, of course you would see it that way, the young face said. Janice turned around to his older side. Your view is a human one, and therefore limited. Not to mention, Racist. more than a little, self-serving. What you've really mm-hmm. done with all your good, deed is cl- good deeds is close off possibilities. The beings you term monsters have a purpose beyond simply being your race's predators, although that's purpose enough, evolutionarily speaking, but they are also agents of change. They're just one of the many necessary elements of chaos. The less chaos there is in the world, the more order there is. And while order may be safe and comfortable, too much can lead to stagnation. So, and then he goes on to be like, you know, ordinary hunters kill here and there to survive and you guys are out there massacring all my boys yeah he's like stop doing genocide on my boys which that's (laughs) sort of fun because it's a the book going who 300 episodes and they all had monsters you guys are genocidal essentially right yeah there's a couple really fun episodes where sam and dean like hang out with normal people who are like oh you guys are mass murderers (laughs) huh yeah. What did you I mean, two think of yeah. this formally daring passage or this formally daring episode where they tie together the whole choose your own adventure? I personally was like, okay, snap. I, <laughs> I didn't see it. I mean, I knew that something had to get tied together with all the deja vu and stuff, but um, but yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, okay, okay. I, I, I found myself getting into it <laughs> so yeah i thought i thought it was fun <laughs> it was like the end you know big arc like he was the big bad in the end janice 
It's yeah. a, the thing is, there's such a variety in Supernatural of quality, mm-hmm. you know? There's some stuff that is so good will make you cry, and I'm like, this is legitimately a great episode of television. There's other things that you're like, this is not good, but I, you know, you have to stick it out. Mm-hmm. And this book is not unlike that. <laughs> and not that there was anything terrible, but it's just, I'm like, I could see them do it. Listen, the type of bullshit this show has done. I'm like, they, this, this could absolutely be a season storyline, you know? <laughs> This sounds fine with with me. (laughs) I definitely agree with that. Something I really liked about the book was that these stories felt so different and their structures felt very different. And I think consequently, I like that Tim took a lot of swings here, but I think necessarily some of the stories I enjoyed less than others. I love the convention one. I think it's really streamlined. I think it's got a really interesting central monster and concept of how the monster is feeding on imagination. I think the third one with the with the ghost who's making the town evil is conceptually overstuffed to a degree where we're mm. going to the diner going, okay, the whole town is like this, but then also the sheriff is like this, but then also we're going to this shop where there's a skin-bound book and the woman there is the head monster. Yeah. And for the for the length of the story, that felt like too much for me. But I like that the book takes so many different uh, swings. And I, I feel like not having watched too much of the series... When a TV series goes to movie or when they get a either a TV movie or a theatrical movie, it often is suffers because they try to take an episode plot and string it out to twice as long or something like that. This feels like a workable mm-hmm. way to maybe do a supernatural movie is to have it be three shorter vignettes that more resemble episodes, except there's something running through them all. And what's that? Right. I, I, it's, I wonder how you feel about this, Hannah. I'm like, why wasn't there been a supernatural movie? But then I'm also like, literally, what would they do? Like, actually, what is left that is big enough for a movie that they haven't already done? You know, like, they've really yeah. done a lot of like, the world is about to end. And it does make me a little bit sad. I'm like, I wonder, maybe I would have liked a movie rather than some of those weaker later seasons you know like maybe maybe like maybe should the show have ended at like season 10 right probably should it have ended at five maybe yeah depends on the legacy you're trying to leave (laughs) Uh, right a question about (laughs) the world of the series we've talked a lot about the introduction of the angels and how that changed things many times in this book they reference how they very closely stopped the apocalypse was that a separate event yeah that's season yeah. what's going five. on there the apocalypse is not um, high. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh my god whoa uh, basically sam and dean learned that they are both the vessels through which the Great. apocalypse will happen that like sam is lucifer's like one true vessel an angel remember i love that for him of course Fallen, and famously angels yeah Yes, uh, angels in the world of supernatural have to get permission to possess. Well, rules a their little vessels. flexible, I feel. Like. <laughs> yes, it is. But theoretically, they need permission. Dean is the angel Michael's true vessel, and he's the only one who can defeat Lucifer or whatever. So the whole season, the angels are basically Killing like, 
You both just have yeah. to say yes. So the apocalypse can happen. And then we can start over and it'll be good. And they're both like, we don't want to do that. And we don't want the world to end at all. God. And so yeah. no, we're just dudes. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Um, eventually, Sam does say mm -hmm, right. yes. And Dean doesn't. But they solve the Lucifer problem anyway by throwing him into. What if this guy fell hole? even yeah. further? <laughs> yeah, they just toss him back into hell, and poor Sam is in hell for a yeah. while. And Dean is like, "Well, I guess I will go conform to heteronormativity miserably mm -hmm. for a while." And that's bleak. It's pretty. It's a bleak ending, but they do avert the apocalypse. Yeah, and save the, world. the supernatural is not afraid of being pretty bleak and sad sometimes. <laughs> There's some season mm -hmm. stretches where you're like, ugh, bad vibes. Mm, it's getting dark. <laughs> In this, yeah. that that's all very helpful. Thank you. I feel less lost. There's so many times in this book, they're like, avoiding the apocalypse. That was crazy. I felt like an They've done it all under the sun, truly. Yeah. When faced yeah. with the final choice in this book, which was... Janice providing two doors and going, I there's door number one, there's door number two... What are you going to do? And our three choices are door one, door two, or keep talking. Another way to say wait. Yeah. Rebecca, what did you do? Yep. Um, I did number two. I asked my boyfriend. I said, no, door number one and door number two. He said, door number two. I said, let's go. And what, what, what lay beyond? What did lay beyond? Oh, yeah. It's like not good. <laughs> not good. Look at this. Scary claw. An illustration of a terrifying claw. <laughs> I highlighted I highlighted this section that said the creature sniffed the air once more. One of the humans would serve as food, the other as a host for the microorganisms swimming in his saliva. The only question was whether in a few moments he would have a new brother or new sister. Um yeah, that was gross. So what happens there? They fucking die. Hannah, what's your interpretation of that? They get turned, turned into, into the, the thing, monster. and then you're like loop back around. You're like, whoa. The implication yeah. of this. So door number two, you they become the nasty little apex monster. Door number one takes you back to page yes. one of the book. You just start over completely. Yeah. And that is, I guess, supposed to be like their experience of being in this loop also, as they've just been looping and Thing, you know but then i also like i got and uh, did i make this up i made up in my head that like the creature was the creature from the first one you know the creature that they become i, think I made, you made that, that up. up but i will say i made that up but i'm like it, it, and, that would be cool you know that was i'm just like they're they got scratches they got talons you know what i mean <laughs> but that was the saber the saber correct right at the end it doesn't seem yeah. if you go through door number two it doesn't seem that you've become some sort of cat monster but you're right that there's there's you're just a gross creature you're a gross creature i will say of that ending which conceptually i liked i like the idea that somehow i'd go through a door and i'd become evil or i'd become the thing i so loathe i I did find mm -hmm. the passage itself to be a little confusingly written. I wasn't sure whether I had been. Yeah, you're just like the creature. Right. You know, because it, it really starts the creature crouched at the edge of the woods, hiding behind the trunk of a large oak tree. It's three clawed hands uh, carving furrows into the bark. You're like, okay, I guess I'm this creature. Now. Yeah. And, and it, <laughs> it, it, it raises questions, too, of did both brothers become one creature 
Is one brother dead? It wasn't... Mm-hmm. I, I would have liked that ending a lot more if it ended where it ended, but there was a little more connective tissue of this is both guys melted into a monster. I just needed a little more hand-holding. Right. If... Did you also... Sorry, go ahead. What did you choose, though? But what door did you choose first? Oh, I became the monster first, then... Yeah. So I guess I did two first. No, I did whatever. I became, I became the monster first, then I went back to the beginning second, and then I tried the wait one, because I famously hate wait. Waiting. Yeah. Hannah, what happens if yep. you wait? You win. You win the story. The only way to win is to not Truly. play. Right. It's one of those then, where yeah. they decide... <laughs> To not go through either door. And Janice is like, hats off to you, gentlemen. That is the lesson <laughs> I was trying to impart. See you well, later. They go, doesn't Sam go like, they said, he said to choose. He didn't say to choose between two doors. He just said to choose or whatever. So maybe I don't have That's to choose. That's a real choose. Sam yeah, logic exactly. leap. Yeah, I don't have to choose from many of this. Hmm. Janice in this final couple pages has the attitude or the demeanor of a guy who's in a relationship who makes a pass at a woman. And when she goes, aren't you in a relationship? He goes, ha ha, you're a good person <laughs> and uh, good on yeah. you. Like he really is like, oh, got me. All he right. gives a whole speech about how he gets his powers from choice and choice is the juice that the universe runs on. And I ideologically believe that you, the Winchester brothers are wrong and blah, blah, blah. And then they go, we decide not to make a choice. And he's like, ha very good, sirs. Like, he's trying to make it seem like he was... The thrill of the game is what I He's trying to make it seem like he was on board with them making that choice when it's the thing he really doesn't want. That's what I always wanted, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But then he does ditch them in the middle of nowhere without a car. So they got theirs. He says, he couldn't at least teleport us back to where he grabbed us? Jeez. Very mad about that. Before we wrap up here, what'd you think of the illustrations? We haven't talked about the illustrations in this book very much. Spooky. They're They're definitely playing with the um, scary stories to tell in the dark style, wet ink drawing. Pretty spooky. I think there could have been more drawings of Sam and Dean. <laughs> yeah, I will say that Sam in the first like little they have the their FBI like fake IDs. Sam looks right. Mm-hmm. Mm, Dean does not look correct. Something's <laughs> going on right. with Dean's face. What's happening there? You know? Yeah, I do wonder if the illustrator was like, "Fuck, I can't draw those guys," and just decided <laughs> not to. Right. I mean, but on the cover, you got to say Dean looks pretty good. Sam looks Agreed. not good. Yeah. Yeah, you can't have them both looking good, I, I guess, in this <laughs> book. <laughs> Hannah Blackman, mm-hmm. you are an you're... ancient cat woman. And I don't mean that you're a woman who likes to have cats who are huh. part saber, tooth, tiger. Two yes, guys come meow. to your town. They're trying to stop you from killing. You'll never let them stop you. One of them mm-hmm. stabs you through the brain in order to stop you. He doesn't know you've got three to four brains yeah. scattered throughout your body that are switchable or some shit. So anyway, the knife, though not yeah. killing you, does scrape up against your memory of reading Supernatural, The Road's Not Taken. So you briefly revisit that memory. Mm-hmm. 
Do you remember it fondly? Um, in hindsight, yes. You know, I had a fun time. I had a I had a fun time reading it. I did throughout the first read through have things that graded against me. But again, as we had discussed, like the Janice thing at the end ties it all together in a way that I was like, up, oh, satisfied. You got me. You tricked me with some of this stuff. So yes, in hindsight, I had a good time. It was fun to read. I'm not sure I'm going to seek out other supernatural mm. books to read. I think I'm going to stick with my 10,000 fan fictions. <laughs> I don't think I need to read the official non Yeah, there's ones. options that you can get exactly what you're looking for. <laughs> And what I'm looking for is what if Dean and Cass kiss and like move yeah. in together and are are domestically fluff, happy. Fluff yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. We'll send you some, Andrew. Yep. Don't worry. We know you have a hankering. Oh yeah, it'd be my pleasure. <laughs> I, maybe I'll watch the actual show before I d- I dive into the slash Fair. fic. I don't think I'm gonna go straight to the slash fic. Yeah. Okay. Watch the actual show. Understand how undeniable that chemistry is. And then actually, there's so much of it, it might be hard to parse out the really good ones. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah, so much. Rebecca Bulnes, you are a normal woman, not a demon, who is attending the convention for your absolute favorite artist, Shulman. You are uh, walking through the convention when Dean Winchester, just having seen you, not knowing you at all, starts to pursue you through the convention, presumably out of horniness, but you don't know this man, and you don't know what's going on. You are afraid, because that is reasonable. And to distract him, you throw behind you, on the floor, a copy of Supernatural, The Road's Not Taken by Tim Wagoner. Do you think this book is compelling enough that it would stop him from following you, a stranger, back to her room? Ooh, hard. You know, this is a kind of a layered question because I think he would be he in the world of the show. He would be absolutely intrigued by this because he'd say, "I I know of this franchise. They've they've <laughs> into into choose your own adventure." No, I think you know he, he's very horny. He's definitely very horny, but he's also horny for himself. And I think for mm. that very reason, he would be compelled. I mean, you know, you got to get into it. Like Hannah said, it really gets you in the end. I, w- I was sort of reading it like, I mean, this is my impression of me reading it in the beginning. I'm reading. And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> the last part, I'm going, oh, shit. What? I'm doing things like that. Exclamations as yeah. such. Um, because it was really good. And I was having a good time with it. And I would, you know. I would welcome this twist to anyone. I think it was, a, it was a fun time. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of very well-written fanfic of Supernatural on archiveofourown.com. Okay, that's not even <laughs> what they would read, okay? Um, can, this, can this compete? I'm like, if it can join forces, you know? There's there's opportunity there. Join forces with the reader insert um writers to just make this one but horny. And I think you got a bestseller. I think there must be a somewhere in those I looked it up 111,000 of just Dean and Cass kissing. Um there must be a choose your own adventure somewhere. I, had, I would love Somebody to find Somebody must have it. written one yeah. of those. I I have a yeah. question about the the 
resource that you're using to find the fanfics or, or, or whatever centralized database this is, which is, yeah, is it organized in such a way that if someone has written an 11 installment fanfic, yes. that that is easy to parse out? Yes. Cool. You just read it. Yeah, it just has like a next chapter and you hit next. And then maybe it's like an eleven chapter fic, and then there's like a sequel fic. This, that's, that's what like I was really wondering about. The next thing in the collection. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If if the author has done a good job linking their works together, which most people yeah. do, if they yeah. care enough to be writing yep. supernatural fanfic, they probably care enough to link them properly. You would hope. Eh, you would hope. <laughs> it's a big. It's a big community fandom community world and there's good there's bad there's thoughtful there's not thoughtful there's all of yeah. it it's all there in this one it's huge and like i sent you guys the link to just i feel like i now have to be like how many just supernatural fan fictions are there on air three two hundred seventy eight thousand yeah. one hundred twenty four, which is a lot that's a lot yeah so it's, it's a lot andrew overby hi <laughs> Sorry to take us off. No worries. I don't want to. But um, you are Sam Winchester. Yeah. And I say this because I do feel like you're a Sam. I think, I think Sam. we all have me pegged as a Sam. <laughs> yeah. I think you are a Sam. So you are Sam Winchester. And you and your brother are in between hunts. You're hanging out in a crummy motel room. And you don't have a ton going on. So you walk down to the local bookstore and decide you're just going to read one of those books about yourself. Just for fun. Mm. There's a lot of them, and it's a different perspective on your own life. You pick up The Road's Not Taken. Do you have a good time reading this book? Does it satisfy you, having already lived it? It sounds like I had an experience very akin to the two of you, which is that I was frustrated by the book. I was frustrated by how few choices there were, how the choices that were wrong dead-ended so quickly. And then I got to the end, and I thought, you know what? This was actually pretty cool. It was a totally different thing than I thought I was reading. And holding it to its own terms, I really enjoyed it. And the fact that I could really enjoy it having not had a relationship to this franchise already also says a lot. It was just very entertaining in its own right. I am coming to realize that I would like to write a, a multipath book that is a mixture of these two types of multipaths we have done. I like how this one does have entire pages that are just novelistic, that are just prose, because they set up enough character development that when you get to a choice, there's more weight to it, uh, as opposed to having a choice every page and then nothing really means anything. I just think the book might be a little too short to accomplish that in the way I like. I would love to have a few pages of reading and then a choice, and that happens 40 times in a novel. Uh... I like having choices. I wish I had more choices. That being said, the meta-narrative here is awesome, and the way uh, it turns out to be this one big villain controlling all the different episodes is fun. So I would recommend this book Might as well for sure. Janice. He loves choices so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's eating them all up. Are you going to watch more Supernatural, yeah, Andrew? Maybe. Maybe. I'm not finding... If I send yeah, you a list of, list. like, seven episodes... Do the list of all, the, like, the funny meta... I think really good. Good. But I'm also just, like, does someone who's not, like, within the fandom appreciate them as much, you know? Like, fiction hits yeah, so I hard, but like... does it hit for someone who, <laughs> like... Does not like... Partake? 
if I just out of the blue make him watch the episode where like Dean is healed by a faith healer and then they realize he's a monster, which is like mm. a great episode. <laughs> like, will that hit if he hasn't watched the previous 11 episodes? I don't know. Because you really know. have to develop the I relationship with the boys, you know, mm. struggle. Yeah. <laughs> so watch all yeah. of season one and then I'll start sending you a great, list. Great, great. To our listeners, the episode is not over. We have an interview with the author, Tim Wagoner, about this book coming up right now. Joining us now, the author of, of course, the supernatural choose-your-own-adventure style book, The Road's Not Taken, as well as the new book, A Hunter Called Night, and... The books Writing in the Dark, as well as the Writing in the Dark workbook. Tim Wagoner, how are you doing today? I'm all right. Thanks for having me. Of course, it is wonderful to have you back. We have just had an extensive discussion on your uh, 2013 Supernatural Choose Your Own Adventure book. And I wanted to start off by asking, this is the first year, 2013, that you wrote uh, supernatural books or, or had supernatural books published. You had two come out in pretty quick succession. Was this the first? Was it the second? And sort of how did you get connected to uh, writing for this IP in the first place? Yeah, the the Road's Not Taken was the second one. Okay. So I did for Titan was um, Carved in Flesh. And that came about just because I really wanted to write one. I've, I'd written a bunch <laughs> of times before. So I just found out who the editor was and emailed her. And she's like, oh, you know, we don't, all the all the slots are filled for what we have, but we'll keep you in mind. And then somebody, for whatever reasons, dropped out, and I was able to step in. And then another publisher, Inside Editions, they had already had a couple, or at least a writing partnership, who were working on The Roads Not Taken, and they dropped out. And so they asked Titan, do you have anybody? And they said, well, Tim just did a book for us. And so they contacted me and said, hey, you want to do this? And I'm like, yes. So uh, both of those books came about because people dropped out. Did they come to you with the concept that Road's Not Taken would be a sort of choose-your-own-adventure style decision-making book? Yes, that was their that was their original concept, hmm. except the, the draft they had, which I'd never seen from the uh, original writing team, the stories were absolutely separate. They weren't connected in any way. And I was like, well, that's a, that's cool, I guess, but this is supernatural. This stuff could really be happening to them. So I decided to make it so the stories were separate, but also at the same time connected by an overarching plot. That is wild to hear. So they wanted to publish what would essentially be four unrelated supernatural stories, or were they thinking that they would be four extremely slim books that would release separately? No, yeah, just, just four stories in one book. Wow. Wow. That is really interesting, uh, especially since, you know, when you're picking up some sort of a tie-in book, you, for the most part, unless labeled otherwise on the cover, expect that it's going to be uh, something with continuity. That's that's fascinating to me. Had you, before this project, read any of, uh, I guess they're technically called multi-path books, uh, what was your experience with that genre? Well, just like like so many people growing up, you know, they might around in the teacher's room you know when you had some reading time you might grab one um so i'd read a few of them over the years can't even tell you which ones they were so long ago um my daughter's 
for some reason, my oldest daughter uh, was in love with a couple survivor ones. So I don't, you know, from the, the reality series, and I don't know what? how they made them choose your own adventure. I think wow. they were probably like, a, you know, a made up cast Whoa. just for the book. But yeah, she loved that. And sometimes like I'd read them simpler choose your own adventure books too. So I was pretty aware of the, you know, the basic pattern, I guess. Mm. I'd never written one before and I had no idea how to write one. They should do reality show choose your own adventures with the real cast and you're trying to make better decisions than paul made <laughs> or whatever that would be awesome he should have never double crossed steven <laughs> right right if well if they're out there listening that's what they should do for their well i guess they can't do it right now with the writer's strike because that probably have to be scripted but mm. that would be like a real cool special to do or like an all-star where you bring a bunch of bunch of them back but yeah it's choose your own adventure the audience has to choose what they do at the end Oh, you're imagining it as a video medium. I love that. I was thinking it was like a book where you just fantasize about oh. what if people acted <laughs> differently, but you're saying I could see it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a TV show, Andrew. Or Because at this point, you should be able, yeah, you should be able to you just texture your choice. All the viewers could do it real fast. It, it would it invariably lead, though, to, you know, you have a couple, they're actually in love, you film a scene of one of them proposing to the other, and then the director goes, we have to have you shoot another scene in which you use an insult that is real and would cut her. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. I was imagining it as like, will you marry me? And now we have to pause for 40 minutes while the audience votes, yes or no. <laughs> And probably it would just result in like the most popular and least popular people being promoted or kicked <laughs> off or whatever so fast. So there was nothing they could do, but it still would be fun. Maybe they could just do it for like an hour long special. Black Mirror tried it. We all tried it. It was okay. Yeah. Or, or it could be a, it could be a horror movie. So that way the whole premise, you could, it doesn't matter. You could set up the premise and. Yeah, let them rip. That'd be fun. And you could silence those people who are saying, you know, why didn't these characters make smarter decisions in the horror movie? Right. I'd be smarter than that. Well, you weren't. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And if you didn't do what the audience said, like they'd have the, the bomb collar around your neck or whatever, you know, someone would kill you. So you're forced to make the choice that you, you know, you have to climb the volcano because otherwise you're definitely going to be dead. So that could be fun. So somebody out there in horror movie land make that. <laughs> Once a writer's strike is done, somebody get on that. <laughs> yep, yep. So, Tim, this story of you getting the Supernatural books is is really a testament to putting your interest out there. You just sort of let it be known that you loved this show. Is Am I understanding that correct? Yep. Yep. And, you know, I had already done, oh, God, I don't know, at least a dozen tie-ins of various kinds before that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it helps to have a resume when you approach somebody. Just saying, you know, I am a huge fan of Supernatural. I've never written a novel. Please hire me to write one. <laughs> you know, that's that's not going to happen. I heard you're making a bunch of Star Wars movies, and I think I could write one. Not working out for me. <laughs> so how did you come originally to this TV series, and, and what was your relationship to it? it was just seeing the previews for, as far as I remember, it looked like it was going to suck, really, because it, <laughs> the, way they, the way they said it, that's, I thought the same of the X-Files when it came out because they had sort of a, a paradigm already set up like X-Files. I was like, oh, it's going to be the, the you know, the, the mystery of the week. Mulder will think it's supernatural. Scully will think it's not. It's kind of in between maybe. And it's the same damn thing all the time. But of course, it evolved past that real fast. And the same though Supernatural because it looked like it was going to be they investigate just urban legends. 
for the first <laughs> few episodes. And I'm like, how many of those are there? This, this seems pretty dull. But, you know, very quickly, about halfway through the first season, morphed into, uh, you know, a much kind of with a wider scope. And then later, of course, it's got the widest scope of all in the last few seasons. But, um, yeah, I just I really enjoyed the relationship between the brothers, like so many people. I thought they gave it uh, the family aspect of it, gave it a different kind of dimension they usually get from like occult detectives or monster fighters. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just watched the show. I was, <laughs> you know, ready to go when I had a... Uh, the idea that, hey, you know, I could probably just knock on that door and see what happens. How much of the book as it ended up being was presented to you at the start? Like, did they have concepts of we want this type of cat villain or did they just say we want some self-contained stories? You didn't tell me anything other than telling me, you know, <laughs> this is what we had before was the, you know, the idea was for four stories. And so then I just went ahead and created my own and you know, made, sent them an outline, and they were like, "Looks good." The outline I didn't ha didn't have all the the alternate paths. I just had this is what happens in the main adventures, and they seemed to like it just fine. So everything in there is just me making it up. They only had me change one thing when I wrote it. It was during the right after the season, I think, where they had closed the the door to hell because the door to hell was open for a whole season, and all kinds of demons were coming out. And that's why I thought, oh, this is cool because like doors are paths and I'm using this one God at the end. And so I had that in there and they're like, no, we don't want that because we want people to imagine it's happening anytime in the series. Mm. So mm. I had to pull that out and it made me feel like it didn't make the, the you know, the big bad like fit as well. Because he was trying to punish them for the fact that they closed up off a possibility. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they closed a door. But other than that, that's the only thing they asked me to change. So Hannah's a giant Supernatural fan, and I've basically watched none of it, which was a fun <laughs> dynamic for us reading this book. Th there was a whole s season where people were coming up out of hell, and why would you ever close that door? That sounds like endless plot fodder. Well, the heroes have to close it. And I think at that time, if I remember right, they didn't know if they were going to be um, renewed. And so mm. they did want to have an ending you know, to that season. I think that's the one. Mm. Uh, but of course, you know, it didn't work out. And then they had to come up with other problems to solve for yeah, yep. 10 seasons. Yep. <laughs> so when you went about with the diverging paths that happened in the book, um, how much are you trying to think like to trick your audience into choosing one path or the other? Or is there any thought for that? I don't remember thinking about choosing it, like trying to force a choice. Because mm -hmm. I figured fans would, because I would, I just read all the one, one way or the other. By the time I was done, I would have read, you know, all the endings. So what I was trying to do was come up with ones that you could never do. You know, I had them die, I don't know how many times yeah. in the series. And that was back before they started dying kind of on the regular and coming back anyway. My favorite, this, there were two editors and one of them, she wanted me to change it, but the other guy said, no, just leave it, was where like Dean slips on the ice and breaks his leg. Yeah. And, uh, I yeah. like that one. And, yeah, she was like, that's just, it's, you know, so ridiculous. And it's like, he's like, well, they have all the other ones that are like that. Leave that one in for variety. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that would be, you know, what do you do if you break a leg? Well, in real life, you can't go chasing off. Those guys would just like tape it up and keep going in the series. But... <laughs> I think the leg breaking ending really, it provides a variety to the book that I think is terrific. Because if every negative ending was them meeting a horrible end, and, and for the record, I love how grisly and terrible <laughs> the endings are because it feels like you're achieving something that you wouldn't be allowed to do on the screen. Right. But if they were all that way, 
and be like, okay, this book's kind of obsessed with the breaking of the bones. and the, <laughs> But the fact that one of them is just, and then he went to the hospital, and you know what? Got to call that a day. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, and since I knew that this, all of these things were actually happening, the grisly stuff would be like things to, to punish them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also the breaking of a leg would be like humiliating in a way. <laughs> you know, you're out trying to stop this monster and save people, and you break your leg and you can't. And so I thought, well, you know, it really is a big, for them, you know, it really would be a kind of a big come down or kind of a big punishment to have that sort of thing happen. So even though it's small, it still seemed to me to fit the overall, you know, the overall theme of the book. So how did you approach that challenge of trying to write a book that couldn't easily be pinpointed as one season or another? I imagine in 15 years, the tone of the show changed a lot. Yeah, I think so. I tried to just keep it at the as the characters as they were in general at that time. And then all I did was just try to focus on the adventure. Not so much like anything to do with them and their dad or, you know, other than the bond between them. I tried not to bring in any kind of like character stuff or background stuff. That, mm. that said like the, the original adventures that I've done for Titan, I did three of those. And each one of those is slotted between two particular episodes in the series. So I knew Hmm. exactly who those characters were, you know, where they were at in that time. But for this one, I didn't, I just kind of did it generically, just kind of imagined like I was asked to write an episode of the week where it didn't have to necessarily advance the overall plot of the series. Mm -hmm. Sure. That was one thing that I really enjoyed about the book was that even though it floats around in time that you can't pin down exactly what they've been up to right before the book, it does allude to a bunch of stuff that me as a non-viewer, I was going... I should watch this dang show. You know, <laughs> every once in a while a character would go, of course, when I, I mean, I can't remember yeah. the specifics, but when I was the devil for a week and I'd be like, I gotta see that one. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I threw a couple of those in because I figured at that point, at least they were in the past. So it would still probably work. It might seem really weird to people now when they read it. I still mm-hmm. see every once in a while a review pop up on Amazon or Goodreads and people don't mention that. So I don't, maybe they just don't notice. But I kind of wonder sometimes. Mm-hmm. I like to think that most people who are reading a supernatural choose your own adventure have probably seen the entire show. And so every time you drop a reference, they're going, of course, we all know he was the devil for a week. Right. I think, though, they're probably saying, how come that's the only one? Why is there a more recent one? Why does any reference A, B, C, D? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they notice when it's published, but I think casual readers tend not to pay any attention to that sort of thing. So, did you enjoy the process of writing a choose your own adventure? Like, was this was it fun or was it hard and annoying? It was both because I had <laughs> to I had to invent a way to do it. Um, one of the first things I realized is that there's no way I could decide where to put the because uh, you know they shuffle everything, all the different endings, so you have to turn yes. and whatever. That's mm-hmm. why there's never been an ebook of this, as near as I can tell. Um, so I figured, okay, I can't place these anywhere because the editors are going to have to decide. So I decided what I would do is I would write each, you know, unit, I guess, each separate story that adds up to the whole, I would write them through the the correct path first. Mm. And then what I would do is I would go back through the story. Sometimes I do, you know, and I, I know that I was going to do this. So I'd have a couple little here places it could branch off. And then I would go back and I'd write those. And I just stuck them at the end of the chapter. So there was like, you know, I can't remember if I called it wrong turn. I think I did. Wrong turn one, two, three for that chapter. And then they just moved them wherever. So once I did that, it worked pretty good. But I, I looked on the internet for, you know, 
how do you write a choose your own adventure book? Has anybody, you know, <laughs> talked about how to do this, what their process was? So I just had to invent it and it worked out pretty good. So on a tactile level, when you're sending in a book that's formatted that way, are you sending a Word document that's like body of the book or main path and then other Word documents that are, and this is this wrong turn one, put this wherever you need to? I would have like story one and then right at the end of story one, I'd have wrong path one for story one, wrong path two. So they were, they were all contained that way, all in one Word document. And then the editors could move things around as they wanted. And I assumed it worked okay for them. They never, you know, they didn't tell me how to do it. They didn't ask me to do it any different way. So it sounds like you were given a lot of uh, a lot of leeway on this, which is kind of inspiring to hear about such a major franchise. Yeah, it's it's weird in tie-ins. I mean, uh, the ones that are deal with movies and TV shows, the people that are in charge of that, they are really they hire people to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And so what you'll hear, you know, they may go, they have to approve like an outline that you do and all that. But a lot of times they will, they don't know what they want until they see it. They don't know what they don't like until they see it. So you may have to do more revising. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I usually try to think about that and try not to do too much stuff that, you know, I think they will go ahead and want to change, you know, take a risk or anything like that. Yeah. So it's weird. It, it is really weird because I expect sometimes to hear, oh, no, you got to move this. You got to do that. This, they would never do this kind of thing, but it, it, but and it's not quite. They just rubber stamp it as it goes through, but it's a little more like that, maybe, or at least maybe I just, you know, worked hard enough and was lucky enough that they just liked what they saw the first time. It definitely sounds like you had an existing relationship to the characters, and you were also writing with the intention of not, you know, intentionally rocking the boat, right, and causing right. something that they would then have to address in season nine. So. Yeah, the you know, I did in the the first original one I did for Titan that I mentioned before, Carved in Flesh, I dealt with like the Frankenstein uh legend, which they eventually did several years later. And um, you know, which had no reference to my book. It was just something different. And then uh the same publisher that did the Wrong Turns book, they asked me to do um a supernatural like monster guide, basically. And so it's supposed to be nonfiction, except it's written by the boys. They write the entries. And so I was able to write an entry that tied my book into the that episode. And they, I don't know if anybody noticed or cared, but they let me keep it. And, and I also I also predicted that God was going to turn out to be a monster in that in that book too. I had no, I just I just had Dean say, you know, well, mulling to himself when they write notes on these uh, these entries that they found or whatever. I think it was their their grandfather maybe supposed to have written them. For the Men of Letters. It was the Men of Letters bestiary. So their grandfather wrote it and they wrote notes to kind of update it or whatever. But I had Dean wonder if, you know, God wasn't the biggest monster of all. And then several seasons later, I'm like, yes, <laughs> I predicted that. I did that. I don't think they were influenced by it. And if they did, that was fine. But In a different situation, you know, writing a different tie-in than Supernatural, have you ever been tasked with sort of tying the events of your book into existing episodes movies um only like uh they may tell me things like uh don't put this character in because we've got plans for them oh like interesting. My, i think it was my yeah for my first supernatural adventure the one i've mentioned several times they told me you can't use bobby i can't you can't bring bobby back because because he was dead at that point and they go we got plans for him and i'm like oh so you're bringing him back somehow so 
you know, I just made sure not to do that. You were going to take it upon yourself to to resurrect him in your book. No, no, I even <laughs> thought about it. It's the only thing they told me ahead of time not to do. Uh, I wouldn't have even tried just because it would have, I don't know. I just would have wanted to focus on kind of the adventure of the week kind of thing where they usually don't have those kind of developments, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And and if I was hired to do, uh, you know, if I was hired to do some major franchises tie-in book, I think it'd be crazy of me to go. Uh, the idea is that Darth Vader zombie... <laughs> Right, right. It's like, that's a little too much for me to be taken on. Although, you know, they did for the original adventures, they let me, I had like parallel adventures. I'd have one going on now and then one with them younger. They kind oh. of thematically dealt with the one. And so they would over do this for a while. And so in the first one, they were younger. And then the second one I did, they were like middle school age. And then they were about high school age. So I was filling in stuff about their past and yeah. they didn't care. Nobody said, said anything about it. <laughs> so I had to, I didn't ask permission. I just did it. <laughs> and uh, so sometimes, you know, you get pretty lucky with that stuff. I'll just say, okay, I'll go ahead and I'll try this or that. And I try really hard just to make sure that it's not anything that like, you know, upsets continuity or violates character and is there anything you would have you would have really wanted to do that would have violated character or continuity so you didn't uh i, I purposely kept castiel out of everything because he solves problems too easily <laughs> I, I love i love misha collins and the way he plays that character it's so wonderful but it's hard to believe that these guys are threatened by ghouls one week when the week before they were fighting god it's <laughs> Right. Like, you know, it's ridiculous at a certain point. I'm sure that's why so many people thought, even though it could happen in real life, if it was real life, but they thought Dean's death was just ridiculous after oh, all the yeah, stuff the they've been finale? through. You know, it, it just is. Seems, it's yeah, it seems like such a, yeah, you just can't believe it. It's like if they were D&D &D characters, you know, they would have been so far up a level that you, you'd really have to roll pretty bad to have that happen. Uh, but I don't, you know, I don't think I did have, I did have a Reaper in that first book that I keep mentioning. And they wanted me to change some of the ways that I talked about the Reaper because they said mm -hmm. Reapers don't do that. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's kind of what I saw in an episode. But, anyway. <laughs> but I might have just taken a little too far. I don't know. Mm -hmm. mm. I'm sure I tried to fill in some blanks that probably they'd rather not have filled in. <laughs> so for me, an, an outsider, Castiel, one of the angels, he is, is it sort of a marvel cinematic universe problem where once you do avengers it feels weird when you're doing iron man 3 and the avengers aren't helping is it that sort of situation yes you know sometimes um i would have them because all they have to do is kind of like reach out pray to him or whatever and if he's listening he'll show up and if he's not it's assumed he's busy that's doing the mechanic something. that's seriously the mechanic they pray for him sometimes they call him on the phone yeah but no, I don't. I don't know if they do that. I just that's what I remember from the episodes. And sometimes he just show up because he's got a problem that he brings to them, or he senses there's a problem. Um, yeah, there's no real good reason. I mean, sometimes he would be in trouble or he'd be in prison somewhere. You know, they try to come up with any something. But it's like if your your main characters are Lois and Jimmy Olsen, and you know they can call Superman anytime. You know, in the comics in the '60s, Jimmy Olsen would have a his signal watch. He could just hit it. And it would make a tone that only Superman could hear, and he would come flying to help Jimmy. And I'm like, and that's Dean Winchester being like, "Hey, buddy, come help me out." Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's like it just solves too many problems. And especially since I knew I couldn't have gigantic, you know, world-ending, reality-shifting kind of problems where you would need that kind of power. I just said, okay, I'm going to do my best to either not mention Castiel. People just assume he's busy, or have them reach out, and then the characters assume he's busy. 
Uh, but I would have loved to have written him because I just love his character. Mm -hmm. That's nice to hear. Mm -hmm. I do like to imagine in this two, no, in this two drone adventure, like the concept that Cass is like, something's going on with those guys right now. Doesn't seem like they need me though. I'm just gonna let them <laughs> die 10 or 12 times right. and eh, it'll right. work itself out. I have a feeling. It may be, I mean, who knows? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised that being like that would be, you know, if I interfere here, I'm gonna make it worse. Mm -hmm. Maybe see all the different paths, possible paths anyway. And who knows, maybe like sort of cheat and help out from some, you know, behind the scenes, who knows. And Cassiel is a is an angel of the Christian faith. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, you know, they in one of the lines in the when the angels first kind of started showing up, Bobby, their mentor, who's kind of like an uncle to them, says, you know, the Bible gets as much right as it does wrong, or the other way around. What? So it's like, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> like they're yes, just saying we're gonna but... we're gonna use whatever we want, but we're not gonna adhere to any one particular faith unless we don't feel you know unless we feel like it. So it's not like Jesus showed up to help them or anything, or, or Buddha or Muhammad or anything like that. And they try to steer clear of that kind of stuff. So it really is more like the, the sort of the paranormal thing where urban fantasy thing where there are angels and demons, but they aren't so much tied to any particular religion. But this show and, and your book also, I, I think if I'm understanding correctly, would have them fighting gods of all different stripes, right? Like the thing that you wrote in with Janice it was original to your book, but that sort of thing happens in the television show. Oh yeah, they they meant a lot of different gods, but but the 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 conceit is that they uh, call themselves gods. They're just the highest like apex predator of supernatural beings, mm. so they're pretty damn powerful. But yeah, an angel could come in and just still wipe them out pretty easily. But the angels are actually agents of the true lord. Yeah. <laughs> Who is also kind yeah. of a shitbag monster deadbeat dad. Yeah, yeah he sure <laughs> yeah. Chuck. Yeah, he sure is. <laughs> yep. Okay, I'm catching up. <laughs> Even though 10 years ago, there was far less supernatural. I mean, what were we, seven seasons in, something like that? There were so many episodes, because these are 20 to 22 episode seasons. How did you go about coming up with villains or situations for this book because you had to come up with four without feeling like you were retreading did you did you sort of vet the existing episodes or did you just go you know what there's always going to be some overlap uh you know i'd seen them all so i just tried to pick things that they hadn't done and mm. you know, like a pick a twist so you know the first one i did was a cat lady who was a, a wear saber-toothed tiger who has been around so long you know she's dementing at this point and mm -hmm. I thought, that's pretty good because, you know, it's a werewolf or shapeshifter kind of thing, but it's going to be very different. And then the specifics of the character and her situation is going to be different. And so I just tried to do stuff like that, where I picked something that was different or at least something that had the, I can't even remember so long ago, but I had the one town where everybody was like possessed or the hollow evil or town, something. of course. Yeah, yeah. And um, really, is that what I called it? Yes. Well, hell, I just put that in a novel. I turned it into an editor the other day. I didn't realize <laughs> I called it that. It's been so damn long since I wrote that. It's a pretty cool turn of phrase, so. Well, hell, no wonder I came up with that. Please read my book, my new books here, Kitty, Kitty, Hollow yeah. Town. It's all yeah. your new books are the, are the names of the stories. <laughs> watch out, but. Uh, but yeah, so something, you know, and I thought, well, that was pretty good because I haven't seen that exact thing, even though, I, you know, there's been lots of episodes where people are possessed or by something whether it's literally demons or some kind of force or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, I want they I wanted to be kind of familiar but different enough that people wouldn't feel like they they were just kind of retreading an episode, even with the different paths. I didn't want to have that happen. I liked how with the here kitty kitty, the the cat villain, I liked that you seemed to have taken what was a, a plot limitation and turned it into an opportunity. So uh, reading the book, there was justification for how this woman cat was an apex predator or god, as, as you referred to. But then in order to explain why she had never been detected, you... Uh, went on to explain that she was so ancient, she was essentially senile and had forgotten how to reproduce and was sort of living under the radar as a, you know, as some sort of invalid, which I thought was uh, extremely interesting and a great way to turn that around, where you're like, well, how can I introduce this without anybody having heard of it? Well, because she's limiting herself. She's unwell. Yeah, you know, if you make somebody like The Last Survivor or something, or a unique case... You can fit them into an existing kind of canon, but if people want to pick up on it, great. If they don't, doesn't matter because it's not like I invented a whole race that you suddenly have to do something with or, or ignore, <laughs> mm -hmm. which they did a lot in the series. They would invent a whole race, and you're like, oh, look at the Leviathans. They're they're big and scary, and they're gone now forever. <laughs> they really they didn't have impact on anything. It's the real gift of Supernatural is they would like yep. toss something up for one season, and they'd be like, "Well, we solved that forever." Zip. <laughs> Never need or to not talk even about a whole that season. Until it's plot they, reasonable. They, they had they had Eve, the mother of monsters, who, who who was making weird new mutant monsters for three episodes, and they're, they're like, "Meh." Really killer, I think they like killed her in a diner, if I remember right. And I was like, seriously, <laughs> this is the greatest thing you've created in this series so far. And you kill I mean, her off Andrew, like halfway through. The other fun thing about Supernatural is that they don't really want to commit to like monster makeup. So every monster just looks like a human being, which <laughs> opens many doors, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, the first time werewolves showed up with just with like fingernails and fangs, I was like, you know, I, they grew on me after a while, but still, <laughs> I was like, seriously, you can't just put some hair on them? Nope. <laughs> a little bit? Just a little bit? 25 years now, I haven't been able to get over the blade uh, we put sunscreen on so we can go out in the daylight thing. It's just like, I, my brain won't accept it. I think about it all yeah. the time. You're going to love Supernatural. <laughs> if they had done it and then like it wore off pretty quick, that would have been good. Like it had a limitation of only maybe half an hour or something. Yeah, that that might have been kind of cool, but yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. There's also no cost to it. It wasn't like it's also very noticeable, so people know you're right, a vampire. Right. right. It just worked. Well, in uh, the Tim Burton's Dark Shadows, I mean, all Johnny Depp had to do was carry an umbrella and you know parasol <laughs> mm -hmm. I've out totally there in the sunlight. That from memory. So, yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun, but but yeah, I saw that and I'm like, well, it fits the humor of the thing, but. Yeah, you're going to really love when Supernatural is like, this is a monster you've never heard of that has all sorts of exciting lore, and they look like a guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a handsome guy. You're welcome. Right. Well, you know, in real life, it makes sense. They wouldn't blend in so that they <laughs> yeah. you know, could mingle among their prey or whatever. But yeah, it's not. It's a little <laughs> underwhelming sometimes. <laughs> Something I noticed in common between these two books of yours that we've read, which is uh, the Resident Evil, the final chapter, and, and Supernatural, the Rose Not Taken, is the robust descriptions of horrifying smells. 
did something happen to you? Do you have a sense memory that haunts your every living moment? No, I, I have a strong sense of smell, so I just notice them a lot. And they, <laughs> they do kind of bug me if they're too... They're, they're, I, I would be happy if the world smelled like nothing most of the time, except mm-hmm. maybe like every once in a while for baking bread and cool stuff like that. But I, I am aware of, the, of when you write fiction, I mean, the, uh, the things that fiction can do is it can invoke senses that all our visual media can't. It's just a yeah. sight and sound. And so in sight and sound, since we gather information from a distance, they're not intimate senses, really. But taste, touch, and smell, you have to be in, things have to be in contact with you. You know, the molecules, when you smell, they come in. You have to be close anyway because their smell's weak. But they come into your body. They come into your nose or whatever, which is really gross when you think about it. Um, <laughs> but it's just the kind of thing I think it sometimes can give it an impact. But, I, yeah, I try not to do too much of any one type, so. I didn't know I had so many smells. I have to take a look. I'm working on a novella now. I got to look and see how many smells are in it. I think it's a strength. It adds a good tactility to the story. And especially in a choose your own adventure where you're like in the story with your characters. It's nice to have those. Don't cut it out. Keep it going. Keep it up. Yeah, we like the smell stuff, especially in Resident Evil, where when you're watching a film, there's certain things that you... uh, certain senses that you are alluding to, touch, smell, whatever, that if an actor were to respond to, the response in and of itself is strong, right? Like if you're emoting mm-hmm. smell so much that I, the viewer, can tell you're smelling something bad, that's a strong choice. And writing allows you to give the subtle touch of, uh, she's not reacting so much, but the Resident Evil world smells so damn bad. <laughs> right, right. You know, and in most adventure stuff like that, all the characters would smell bad too. It's not... You know, except yeah. for the ones that are, you know, like like Wexler, who's like in a, you know, compound somewhere and has access to deodorant or whatever. You know, everybody else is going to have awful hair and awful breath and no, you know, no deodorant. So that kind of thing you sort of ignore as best you can. Like you, you don't have them have like, you know, bad acne because they can't wash their face all the time or whatever. The kind mm-hmm. of stuff you'd see in the real world. So you ignore that part. But you can still through the other kind of smells give a sense that this is like, you know, sort of a decaying world or a world that's infected, so. Absolutely, and it's a great way in a Supernatural book to show that something's a little amiss, right? I mean, they're looking for right. things that are not not uh, up to snuff, as it were. We sort of abstractly discussed that the ending of the show is not super satisfying, necessarily. If they came to you and were like, just write some more, pu- like, just write another season, write something to, like, keep it going... Is that something you would want to do? Oh, sure. As soon as the uh, the series ended, I, I I wrote Titan and I said, you know what you could do? Is you could <laughs> have stories set on different parallel worlds. Mm. And they're like, because um, I didn't know about anything about the Winchesters at that point. Mm-hmm. They hadn't come out. And, or I don't even know if they'd start thinking about it. And they're like, no, we just, you know, there's no, they can't do that. It has to, it's up to the studio. But I was thinking it would be cool because if there's an infinite amount of worlds out there, then there's an infinite amount of Sam and Deans, and you could pick a whole different scenario for them to have for one novel. And then you don't have to visit them again. You visit a different version of those guys for a different adventure. And I thought that could be kind of cool. And the studio can then just be like, yeah, you know, they're not canon. They're off somewhere. It doesn't Mm -hmm. hurt anything. You could do whatever you wanted with them. So if anybody out there, you know, the supernatural land that has power, over this stuff is listening. Now is the time. Winchester's canceled. I was going to say that window might have opened back up. How <laughs> did they, this is just me asking about the TV show, after killing these characters multiple times and bringing them back, how did they ultra kill 
Dean. Oh my God. Oh, he he asked not to be brought back. I mean, that was that was the why he didn't. He I mean, the he, character asked not to be brought back. Yes, as he was dying, because he he says, you know, th- we know that never ends well, because it usually is a doesn't end too well, and often you might get past it, but it's super traumatic, and because everything with them is super traumatic and super dramatic. And, what the yeah. did the was the whole last season about him being depressed? I can't imagine how they justified. Oh, no, that. no, it was an accident. He just got pushed back, knocked back into a nail that you it's, know pierced his no, skull. So no, frustrating, no. Andrew. It's so frustrating. Yep. A nail. Yep. Yes. Yep. In, which could happen in real life pretty easily. I mean, when you're fighting stuff strong, you know, you're not super strong. So unless you're watching carefully. It felt uh, terrible to Yes, it watch. was it was awful. I hated it. Are the hated Winchesters it, like are the Winchesters like anti vax? Did you not have a tetanus shot? What was going it's on? It's like a it's like a bar. It's like a rebar. Okay. That, like, yeah, 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 it's true. But still, yeah. it's essentially a rusty nail. It's absolute yeah. bullshit. Everybody's mad about it. We don't it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Terrible ending. And he's just like, This is fine, Sammy. I'm ready to die. And you're like, Are That's you? Right. That's Are right. you? I mean, I understand the thematic part of it where Sam has to be like his own person. And then he becomes a father too, we find out. We don't ever see it, but we find out about it. So uh, it makes sense that he steps into all that. And, you know, he accepts his legacy. He becomes the father figure. He doesn't need Dean. I get all of that stuff, but it still sucked. And I don't, was not happy. It's really hard to have an ending. I don't think you can do any kind of ending to a series that really satisfies people. Mm. Uh, I think you the ending people would like. Than that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I would have had them, you know, I would have just not said what they did for the next 30 years and then have mm-hmm. them you know, meet up in heaven or whatever. They both died as old men, maybe yeah. a little bit apart. And you just let people think, oh. Let those guys be old. Yeah, one of the things that I, I wanted to do before they turned Chuck into like a evil or whatever, I don't know if he counts as evil, whatever the hell he was, uh, immoral. Um, but I wanted him to actually, at the end, get rid of all the monsters. Like he would, mm-hmm. he would give them the world they hoped for, which is a world with no monsters, no supernatural, anything. So then they could just have lives. Mm. And I thought that would be kind of a really cool way to end it. Because if they could convince God to do that, they saved everybody from every possible monster now and then forever. And I thought that would be pretty cool. And that people might like that to see them get, you know, their happy ending yeah. where they do have families or living a life. You know, they they don't have to deal with all the horror they've been dealing with. But no, they it I was, mean, it was the rebar. infinitely better than what we got. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's my head cannon. Is what I wanted to <laughs> I, I feel like what people don't talk about with serialized TV is that there's choices you make along the way during a show that make it so that you cannot have a satisfying ending. And I think, I haven't watched Supernatural, but in a lot of television shows I've watched, it's bringing people back from the dead. It's making characters who should hate each other forever ally just because you want to have both of them on for longer. And then when they do end up turning against each other, you're like, ugh. This would have been cool in season two. What is it now? You know? Uh, so it's 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 interesting. I, I don't know how after 15 years of killing people and bringing them back and introducing angels who can do, it sounds like, most anything. Uh, I don't know how you would tie that up. It's letting them live a nice, long, happy, normal, pleasant life. Like, that's mm. the satisfying ending to Supernatural. Yeah. It's like, no more strife. You don't have to die young mm-hmm. fighting monsters. You can have a house and a kid and be happy and instead they were like eh, nah. <laughs> right right tim 
Always a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for coming back to talk to us about this book. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. If our listeners want to find more of your work, what book should they check out? Um, well, actually, the easiest thing is just to go to my website. It's just timwagoner.com because it has, a you know, everything. It links. It's, you know, one, one-stop shopping. You can go to all my social media. You can go to Amazon and find everything that way. It's weird because the people who like the Supernatural books, will, they'll read my original horror and go, oh, my. <laughs> because it's <laughs> a little darker and more extreme than Supernatural. They might like a, an older series I did called Necropolis, which is kind of lighthearted, you know, zombie detective in a world, a city full of monsters solving problems and it's like a love letter to all the monster tv shows and stuff that i loved growing mm-hmm. up in movies so that's that might be closer to the, the to that kind of thing it sounds like if they really like to the grisly endings that the winchesters met in this book that they might like some of your original horror. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> try it out and see what you think but every once in a while i'll see a review from somebody like i i read a supernatural novel and i tried this and oh my god and i'm like oh, <laughs> Sorry, honey, I didn't didn't mean to do that to you. (laughs) To our listeners, please do rate our podcast, review it, subscribe to it, tell your friends. If you leave a five-star review of Authorized on iTunes or Apple, in which you write a paragraph novelizing a scene from your favorite film, we will read it on the podcast and try to guess what film that is. And as usual... I'm going to close out the episode by reading a passage from a classic piece of literature. Please do tweet at AuthorizedPod if you think that you recognize what this is from. Oh no, said one of the Winchesters, Sam, I think. My brother Dean just died by a nail. I haven't been this sad since the 10th of December. Good night. In the spirit of this choose-your-own-adventure-style supernatural book that we have just read. My mouse is a little frozen. There we go. Today's game is... What choice did they make? (laughs) About a 327 episode TV show I haven't watched. Interesting. Okay, and these are Yes, the subtitle, I made a trivia game about a 327 episode TV show I haven't watched. Yeah, okay, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of factors I have here. Long COVID, uh, first there's... of all, <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. are so many episodes that it's kind of unreasonable for anyone to remember any specific one. And also, seasons. also, I, I haven't watched it, so I don't know if I've chosen memorable things. All right, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I want to know a lot about the process of making this, but go on. Up first. In the season two episode, Tall Tales, 
The brothers head to a college campus where multiple strange murders linked to multiple local legends are occurring. Mm -hmm. They consult mm -hmm. Bobby Singer, who correctly theorizes that the this must be the work of a what? Hannah. Oh my God, Hannah she's going to kill me. In a trickster, I think, is, is what it a they trickster? determined in this episode. So early on in season two? Yeah, because this is the first episode with, yeah, Richard Spade Jr., who Gabriel? turns out to be both, like, Gabriel and Isn't the god Loki and a bunch of other shit. I don't shit. know why that's, like, yeah, later. Okay, let's... Well, that's a good episode. Well, let's you're right. <laughs> first. Am I right? You are, of course, of course. correct. Boom! And it seems like... It seems yeah. like people are very horny online because when you search for trickster stuff, you get some of the actual tricksters, but mostly you get photos and information about the sort of like hot apparitions that mm. they make. Mm. These like women that lure them in. I don't know if you know this about Supernatural, but it's like the hot person CW it's show. Like they great. only cast hot. No uggos around in yeah. CW. <laughs> <laughs> Not a one. Up next... In the season three episode of Very Supernatural Christmas, an evil Santa terrorizes families. Blank Winchester decides they should still celebrate Christmas, while his brother Blank decides it is too dangerous. Rebecca! <laughs> Rebecca <laughs> I'm going to venture to say just, you know, I'm going to venture to say that Dean would like to celebrate Christmas. Sam would like to stay safe, as is their vibes. The, the answer is, of course... Dean would like to celebrate Christmas, yes. and Sam decides it is too that dangerous. That war Mm-hmm. <laughs> A bonus question on this same topic. In the same episode, Dean admits that he wants to celebrate Christmas because it will be his last, due to his choice to blank in the season two finale, All Hell Breaks Loose. Hannah. Hannah Blackman. He sold his soul. Relevance. He, of course, made a pact with a demon. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. going to hell, baby. Wow. I really don't yeah. remember this as this early on. They really went in hard with the, you know, with the with the demon shit early. They mm. really did. I mean, it that's like right, the main right plot the of season really one is a nasty just demon. Just a nasty demon. Killed their mom. Yeah. So sad. Mm. Up next... In the season five episode, Changing Channels, a trickster mm -hmm. casts mm -hmm. the brothers into an alternate universe, where they are the leads of different genres of TV program. Sam and Dean decide that the best way out of this scenario Rebecca, is to... Like play, play their Bulmas. roles, like play the part or something? They, of course, play, play along. along. Mm. All Rebecca. of the trickster episodes are the that's best that, episodes of the show. I remember nothing, I, but see, I think I feel like season four and season five bangers alert <laughs> straight up you know correct look at these two goofs oh my god <laughs> i resisted the temptation to create a game that was like all season 15 questions <laughs> we gotta, which i, I that would have been really hard <laughs> i have stuff to say about that but i'm gonna save it <clears throat> well i'm sure we've already discussed it wink <laughs> let's go <laughs> I'm going to save it for the past. Up next. <laughs> in the season three episode, Mystery Spot, Sam finds himself caught in a Groundhog Day-esque time loop in which he must watch Dean die time oh, and yeah. again. When he tells Dean over breakfast, Dean attempts to break the loop by blank, 
which kills him immediately. Hannah. Hannah Blackman. This is my favorite episode of the show because I love Groundhog Day yeah. plots. But I think what he attempts to do is order something different for breakfast. Uh. Not the pig in a poke. This is, of course, correct. Wow. He changes his order to <laughs> sausage, which he chokes on immediately. This is actually cinema. Mm. This episode. The show <laughs> used to look really good. And be good. Yeah. This shot we're looking at, which is from Mystery Spot of Sam outside of a motel, is gorgeous. A mm -hmm. little bit of green in there, too. Gotta love it. The show is filmed on film for, like, the first three or four seasons. People were seeing that still mm -hmm. for a minute. Only succession yeah. now. <laughs> like, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna take after Supernatural. <laughs> we're gonna eat up so much money that Hannah gets to have no happiness if we're canceling Perry Mason. Oh, yeah. I think Sorry it's funny when... TV. Yeah, this is the grief I'm <laughs> carrying this month. <laughs> I, I think it's funny when TV franchises uh, span the 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 change from all film to mostly digital. Because if you go back and watch uh, something like Mad Men in the late seasons of Mad Men, they'll flash back to season one, and it just looks way better. Yeah. And the same thing happens in like uh, in like Better Call Saul, they'll flash back to Breaking Bad, and you're like, that just is more gorgeous. They do that in this damn show, too. <laughs> They're constantly mm, flashing mm -hmm. back to themselves. <laughs> it was so fun to watch late seasons and be like, hey, here's the previously on, and you're like, well, some of this is from season two, and it looks yeah. great. And I know that when we revisit these concepts, it will look like shit. Very, very sad. Mm, Up next. Mm. In the season six episode, The French Mistake, the Winchester brothers are sent to an alternate reality in which they are the actors, Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki, in order to find the bones of a saint, which are necessary to return home, Sam does what? It's all you, Hannah. I forgot. I forgot, too, but I think too. But I can't. I... I think that what he does is he essentially orders them on eBay because he's rich as shit because he's Jared Padalecki. That is exactly the answer. He uses <laughs> Jared's credit card to order exorbitantly expensive bones. Yeah. What a show. <laughs> Another question on this same episode. The title, The French Mistake, is a reference to the film Blank, in which the climactic action spills over into the adjacent movie set, The French Mistake. <laughs> I typed this out. Like, it's the genre of movie where such a thing would happen, you know? Spilling over into the adjacent movie set. It's the genre? You know, it's it's the type of movie that addresses it's a movie filming next to other movies. Right, like meta? Uh -huh. Like mm. uh, breaking of the fourth wall? <laughs> <laughs> very good here. Uh, the answer yeah, is really of course, showing how smarty we are. Blazing Saddles. Oh, oh, oh. is a reference. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. Learn. Okay. We're learning on this day. Up next, <laughs> in the season four premiere, Lazarus Rising, Dean has mysteriously returned from hell and needs answers. He calls Bobby Singer. Who decides to? Sounds like a really vague question. What are you looking for here? Uh, yeah, who, who knows? Do? Help him? 
<laughs> trying to figure this out. Yeah, I mean, first he like tests to see if he's like some kind of scary demon, and then he helps yeah, he him out. Probably throws some shit at him. Definitely some throws salt. some shit at him. <laughs> Unfortunately, the answer is that he hangs up the phone because Dean is dead. Oh, oh! They did a fake out in this moment. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Mm. Well, not even a fake up, but he's dead. He's supposed to be dead. supposed to be super dead. There's no such thing as death in this show. I was disappointed <laughs> that this book, except for the girly death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for important women. <laughs> except for the character <laughs> death. <laughs> Having not watched this show, I was really excited to see the Jim Beaver character in this book. Love, great. love Jim, and mm -hmm. uh, one of the best letterbox follows you can have. He hates everything. He's a hater for life. <laughs> uh, oh, interesting. Another question on this same episode: Angel reveals to Dean that Dean was saved from hell because what? A Angel. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> in the same episode angel reveals to dean that dean was saved from is the hell character's name not angel no oh it. fuck <laughs> I a name. The, the answer by the way is because they have to kiss <laughs> yes that is correct because the angel is fucking in love with him immediately got a hot bod um i don't yeah. think that this is revealed in the same episode i mean mostly they're like you deserve to be saved one right. and also you are the vessel through which the angel Michael will stop the devil. But I don't think that that's revealed in that episode. Well, I feel like that's dropped out a bit. According yeah, to online plot synopses, it is revealed in this episode that he he will be given specific missions from God. God Do I get has a point a for that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Oh. Hannah's winning. This is a complex show. Hannah's I really real thought fan. that guy's name was Angel. <laughs> It's not. He got his own TV show, Angel. That's up next. That's is. <laughs> I know that's wrong. Up next. It is. <laughs> In the season eight episode, Hunteri Hiroshi, <laughs> Angel accompanies the brothers. <laughs> it's the Misha Collins character. Yeah. Uh, accompanies the name. brothers as they investigate <laughs> cartoon inspired homicides after revealing. Angels decision two. Mm, this is about when I stopped watching the show. He sh Angel really? shows up and goes, I've hey. made a big decision. And then they go investigate cartoon related homicides. I'm going to be a hunter. Rebecca, He's you like, are I'm correct that yeah, everyone's girl. favorite character, Angel, wants to <laughs> yes, become a I hunter. Okay. When I, yes, because... When I when I started rewatching again, I remember I remember this. Yes, okay. Because it's like a f whatever opportunity you can to put him in like a funny outfit, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know? it's great to put him in a funny outfit. <laughs> Seems like it would really undermine his authority if he started going. I really want to be cool like you guys, but I don't know. He doesn't have a lot of a th well. He's you know, an angel. Whatever. Well, he comes and goes out of being an angel. There's a lot of stuff happening with him. Yeah. I was surprised for how many of the plot synopses are about Angel, everyone's favorite character, played by Misha Collins. I was surprised. Why do they call it Angel in that website? I think I just misunderstood something. He <laughs> <laughs> is an angel. Uh, There's a is... lot of angels on the show, though, and he's one of them. That makes a lot of sense. I was shocked. I thought he was in almost every episode and that they never made a main cast, but it's just a lot of people. Well, he 
is in a lot of episodes and i think is the reason the show ran for 15 seasons literally it would have been dead in the water if castiel didn't fly along well i've already (laughs) asked you about that and understood more in the body of the episode (laughs) up next yeah we understand in the season 11 episode don't call me shirley chuck tells metatron there's characters called metatron okay Mm -hmm. blank in order to get metatron to help him finish his autobiography Wait, okay. In season eleven, episode don't call me Charlie. Chuck tells me. Is this is this when Chuck is like I'm God actually? This is when Chuck's like I'm God actually. (laughs) God. Which was and we talked about this at length. (laughs) Fan driven, fan created, and we should have gotten the credits and the I'm picketing in WGA. (laughs) That's why you're picketing? (laughs) (laughs) our final question in the season five finale swan song it is revealed that when dean rebuilt the impala after it was totaled he decided to reinsert what childhood totems saying it's the blemishes that make her beautiful I think they're little army men that got stuck in the door. There are multiple answers to this question. Army men is one of them. Rebecca, do you have any Mm. idea of the other? Mm. I don't really. I'm trying to think. I I vaguely remember thinking, boy, the framing device on this episode is pretty annoying. (laughs) (laughs) There's an audio component to the car that he, he... reinserts from their childhood radio (laughs) not the radio is there a tape stuck in the tape deck all right so hannah you were correct about the army man and the other thing is that sam used to drop legos into the air conditioning creating a constant Mm. rattle which dean makes sure to do when he rebuilds the impala beautiful it is beautiful it brings a tear to my eye just reading it wow brothers family wow (laughs) Killing monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Killing them ice cold. <laughs> uh, Hannah won, right? <laughs> I did. I did win. Yes. I think <laughs> Hannah might have won is just the vibe yeah, I, I was so getting. Too. I'm a sick too. fuck who has spent too much time with Supernatural. Yeah. And we are like, we don't need to re- be redundant at this point <laughs> that we talk about for the whole time. <laughs>